Six-pack episode 158, and this is a new live son of a bitch. This is a new live son of a bitch. Here for best of the D's. Can you believe we're still doing these, Carolyn? It's it's awesome. I'm so happy we're still doing these. Yeah. And, and we have so many other letters to cover. We, we do, B, but we're skipping we the C. vowels, I believe. We are. Yes, we're skipping the vowels, so... After like, E, sometimes Y. Does that mean we do a, ha- a half-length episode for Y? Or I think so. Okay. Yeah, like yeah. Half-hour, forty-five-minute-long Y episode. Yeah, exactly. It's it's Absolutely however absolutely <laughs> incredible. It's a you know cr- like Crosby, Stills, Nash, and sometimes Young. So you know however long Young's uh, contribution to to that group was. Um, it's kind of like that. Yeah. Well, he was a young man back then. That's what I hear. He he was. Yeah. Yes. I'm not even going to give myself a rim shot for that one. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Dookie. I, I pulled that opening Hulk Hogan Dookie. clip because Dookie is a great... It's probably my... Like, I can't think of a better, more fun word to say than Dookie. I mean, it's a great word. As and far as the D it, goes. As far as the D Yeah. Goes. Yeah. It's a hard D, too. Dookie. It's a hard yeah. one. I mean, yeah. most most D's most D sounds are hard, what is unless the, what they're is an unless they're of a soft one. A soft, um, a soft D a, is is. Uh, uh, I was gonna make a penis joke, but I couldn't think of it. <laughs> I I guess there's I guess there's like towns like Richmond Richmond Richmond. Oh, so a soft yeah, D would come on the end of a word, not the beginning. Yeah, word. like an end of a word. Like it's not, it, it's, it's maybe sometimes it's even silent. Oh, a silent D? Yeah. A silent D. Silent but deadly. Yeah. <laughs> silent but deadly. <laughs> we did have some uh, D suggestions roll in on the socials. I, I, um, we did. I, I think I got to a couple of them. I obviously didn't get to all of them. But, uh, no. There's, um, I think Dingus was one of them. I think somebody said Dingus. Yes, and I saw Dingleberry, and I found a, an amazing article we're going to get into. Um, oh, yes. I, I liked a douche canoe. <laughs> douche, douche canoe. <laughs> Very Canadian. Um, uh, dairy. I, I have some clips uh, about dairy. Um, and uh. And I have a bonus clip. It was it's about uh, uh, a coffee called a double double, which is uh, double double cream, double sugar. 
And we'll get into that as well. Okay. I've never heard of this. <laughs> I mean, double cream I yeah. could do, but double sugar, it's like, I don't know. I like cream in my coffee, but I usually take it no sugar. So double sugar just seems like you're just drinking like a, a cappuccino at that point or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a cake. Or, yeah. It's like a thick drink. Which so yeah, coffee really isn't C's? a thick drink. Yeah, with two C's. Thick yeah. drink. <laughs> <laughs> uh so yeah i got uh I don't know, we could start anywhere i got some dingleberry stuff um but maybe oh, that's you so do? Good, we might, might want to save it you know i don't know oh okay all right dingleberry like well we did we did i did have like a couple dingus isos basically where's my dingus yeah adventure time <laughs> where is oh, my adventure dingus? time <laughs> where is my dingus that's what i where is my dingus yeah where's my dingus yeah um <laughs> And then uh, the, the only time I'd heard Dingus was really on uh, Check It Out with Dr. Steve Brule. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You Dingus? And you guess what it means. Let's try that game. Dingus. Vegas. Vegas no, is a city. Dingus. 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 I'm not sure what Dingus means. Dingus means you're front naughty and a man or a boy where your milk comes out of your Dingus. Mm -hmm. That's one point for me. <laughs> one point. Next word, Rangus. <laughs> I don't have any idea. Rangus what it means. means when you make hot rain out of your bottom. Oh. If you get a real slop in your belly, then mm -hmm. you make hot brown rain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Whoa. Is that similar to diarrhea? <laughs> Two points for me. <laughs> hot brown rain. Hot brown uh. rain. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I went upstairs You're... and saw my Uncle Jojo and milk came out of his dingus. Oh, Brule's the best, man. I, I saw him with uh, Tim and Eric live in Nashville, and I know he must have been wearing shoes like that extended, like shoes that made him taller. And his hair is oh, yeah. you know, another extra foot up in the air when he's playing Brule. But, dude, he, he felt like he was 10 feet tall when he was walking by. It was crazy. John C. Riley is so freaking tall. I, that must have been on the same tour that I saw, too. Yeah, because Brule was there and they had, like, the wedding <laughs> yeah. at the end and all that. Yeah. Oh, that was a good show. <laughs> that was a good show. <laughs> um. Oh, another one. Because, you know, last time when we had the seas, obviously I had to bring koalas and kangaroos and all that. Oh, oh um, yes. So, uh, there's a, actually an Australian animal that starts with a C. I mean, a D. A D. Oh, okay. Yeah. Pumpy breaks, kid. That man's a national treasure. I just want to throw another shrimp on you, Bobby. That shit ain't funny. Hey, fellas, it's hot. We're tired. It stinks. I'm fucking with you, kangaroo Jack. I'm sorry, a dingo ate your baby. You know that's a true story? Lady lost a kid. You about to cross some fucking lines. Guys, relax. <laughs> so I looked, I always heard that line in Tropic Thunder since I was a kid. Think of it, that's a true story. I didn't realize that it actually is a true story. If you record it's uh it's based on um like the Casey Anthony of its day. Whoa. Do you huh. know about this? No. It's like the most no. high profile missing child case in Australian history, from what I understand. It was this oh. lady named um, uh, Eliza Chamberlain. It was mm -hmm. like, uh, Dingo, wait, my baby. And that's how it became like the meme of 
like an Australian saying. Because Whoa. she actually blamed a dingo on e- literally eating her baby. Oh, so this is um, and this is from 2012. Yeah. And the title of this ABC Australia news is um, uh, Azira case closes after 32 years. So it took 32 years for the case to close. This is a quick three minute news segment on the dingo eating the baby. The ABC's Tony Eastley has followed the case from the start. Today he was in Darwin to hear the coroner deliver her findings. From the outset, the media's focus was extraordinarily intense and it reached a peak when the Chamberlains were put on trial in Darwin. It was to become the most publicised case in Australian history and I was sent to Darwin to cover it for ABC TV News. The prosecution says that here, Lindy Chamberlain cut the throat of her baby and husband Michael helped cover up the homicide. It was 1980 when Lindy and Michael Chamberlain took their nine-week-old daughter Azaria and her two brothers on holiday to the Northern Territory and made the fateful decision to pitch their tent at the base of the rock. It was to set off a devastating chain of events. He just might have damaged or mauled the baby and I ran towards the tent. I was only five yards away from it, perhaps. Rest. And I looked in a carry basket and she wasn't there. When we saw the spots of blood in the tent, as we looked, we realised it must have been a very quick event. Mm. And this morning when we saw in the blanket the sharp, rip, jagged marks in that very talking. thickly woven blanket, we knew mm. that that was a, was a powerful beast. An initial inquest supported the Chamberlains and was critical of the police investigation. It's consistent with, uh, with the possibility of, uh, of uh, a, a dog having, having taken the baby. However, after a second investigation and inquest, Lindy Chamberlain was charged and tried for murder. The court also heard from a London odontologist today, Mr Bernard Sims. He told the court that marks on Azaria Chamberlain's clothing weren't consistent with marks made by a dog or a dingo. The Crown's case relied heavily on scientific evidence, much of which the defence discredited. The jury, however, agreed with the prosecution, finding Lindy Chamberlain had cut Azaria's throat in the front seat of the family car and disposed of the body. She was sentenced to life in jail. Michael Chamberlain was given a suspended sentence for being an accessory. A heavily pregnant Lindy Chamberlain was sent to prison and gave birth soon after to another baby girl. But there was still a dramatic twist to come. The Chamberlains had always insisted that on the night she disappeared, baby Azaria had been wearing a matinee jacket. The prosecution said that was a lie. In 1986, the matinee jacket was found near a dingo lair at Uluru. The NT government ordered Mrs Chamberlain's immediate release. A year later, a royal commission cleared the couple of all guilt. By now, the Chamberlains had split, but both remained concerned about an unresolved issue, Azaria's official cause of death. A third inquest in the 90s was inconclusive. Then, in February this year, new information about dingo attacks on children was put to yet another coroner. It's this fourth inquest and its outcomes that could finally draw a line under this case, bringing to a close the disappearance of Azaria Chamberlain. Tony Eastley reporting from Darwin. That's crazy. That's that is crazy. 40, 40 years, that was like the biggest, like, like I said, it was... From what I can tell and how much coverage there is in Australian news, this was the Casey Anthony of its day. Except way longer because yeah. it was drug out for 40 years. 
Whoa. And it became like such a phrase. The dingo ate my baby. It's like a dog ate my homework, except, you know, it's your baby, not your homework. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's it's one of those sayings that's just it, it has become a saying in the in the lexicon. And uh, I remember you know, that classic Seinfeld episode and Elaine yep. is just like, well, dingo ate your baby. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it became, yeah, it was like a meme before memes were called memes. Uh, the dingo ate my baby thing. And I know I'm looking at like the Wikipedia page for a dingo and it just looks pretty much like a dog. It's just like a regular ass looking dog. Nothing crazy. Yeah. I think you'd be more likely to have a kangaroo take your baby than a dingo. Oh, probably. Yeah. And then yeah. and then kick in the face. Usually with a kangaroo. Dingoes. Dingoes. But yeah, that's uh that's the dingo news for the day. I didn't even think to like look into that story at all until yeah. I heard that line. I was thinking about that line on Tropic Thunder where where Robert Downey Jr. goes, You know that's a true story? Lady lost a kid. You better cross a fucking line. And I was like, Oh shit. And I was like and then I looked it up and I was like, It really is a true story. Oh, I gotta rewatch Tropic Thunder. That that's a that's a that, great movie. That holds up. It's top five it comedies of all time for me. Oh, um, for sure. Well, while we're on animals, animals, um, because dingoes start with <laughs> D, and then there's uh, there there's there oh ducks. Yeah. No ducks are pretty great. Yeah, see, you know about ducks' dicks, though, because that's a double D. Oh, yeah, it's like a screwdriver. Yeah, it's or like, like a, a slinky screw. that shoots out like a... And it stabs them. It draws blood, from my understanding. And it's like a... It's like a what do you call it? A harpoon, essentially. Oh. I could be... Corkscrew dick energy. Yeah. Oof. Whoa. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of ducks mainly because of that but they are nicer than swans swans are assholes yeah but swans don't start with d swans are no. dicks but they don't have duck sticks no so uh here's a a very short and precise history of ducks presents a precise history of things with sam simmons Woo. I don't trust ducks. 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 Doesn't that, doesn't that sound like, doesn't, doesn't that kind of, not quite, but kind of sound like me just saying ducks right here? Ducks. Yes, it does. <laughs> yeah. Ducks. I don't like the way that ducks waddle. I mean, why do ducks need to know how to walk anyway? They've already mastered the ability to fly and the ability to swim. What's next, ducks? Some type of underground subterranean duck movement? Ducks. Ducks. Ducks! They have flippers like frogs, yet they look like a duck. It's pretty simple. <laughs> Frog plus duck equals frog! Famous ducks through history. Daffy Duck, Donald Duck, Toilet Duck. All very, very angry ducks for very different reasons. I heard a rumour there were no duck carcasses in the World Trade Centres when they collapsed. Have you ever looked a duck in the eye? They know what you're thinking. Man, I hate ducks, but I love cinnamon. 
shark. They don't have beaks, they have a bill. That's the only animal in the animal kingdom that charges a bill on the premise of already being a duck. And what do you feed ducks? Bread! Humans eat bread, not ducks. Bread's the first step in the evolution of the duck. Did you know that at every poignant moment in human history there was a duck? When they told JFK to duck in Texas, it wasn't to duck, man. It was a duck! A duck on the hill! Ducks! Don't you see? Don't you see? That was uh, Sam Simmons on the disturbing nature of ducks. That is disturbing. Especially with the sinister music. Yeah. I don't know what's more but, sinister, the music or just how ducks sound actually in real life. Yeah, I mean you keep I mean hearing like it like constant duck sounds like whoa. Yeah. It reminds me. This is supposed me, to be a relaxing video too. <laughs> relaxing rain and duck sound. There I I the town I moved from, uh there was a a guy on my street who lived next to a creek and it would and all these all these mallard ducks would would congregate there and this this guy would feed them and and there would be like hundred dozens many dozens maybe at least i i've i've seen probably damn near 100 ducks on his front on his front lawn and they're all just standing there waiting for him with these oh, wow. with 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 the feed like that freaky uh, lady from Home Alone 2 that turned out to be... Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, <laughs> uh, did you ever see the show Duck Man? Jason, speaking of Seinfeld. Oh, I love... Yeah, Jason Alexander yes. played him. Great show. Yes. Oh, that was such a great show. Yeah, I got the whole box set of the whole, like, all however many, four seasons, five seasons for, like, it was like 20, 20 bucks, 20 ducks. I Damn, wish I could have bought, bought in 20 ducks. Yeah, yeah. Like that that would have been cool. <laughs> that would have been really cool. You've seen the meme of Alex Jones. He's like, the globalists don't want to know this, but the ducks at the park are free. I have fifty-seven ducks. Something like that. <laughs> it's an old meme, but the it's a ducks. classic. The, the ducks, ducks are at the park. They don't, they don't want you to know the ducks at the park are free, people. <laughs> oh. Well, while I'll once I get I got a little more of my duck segment, and then I'll toss it over to you. Okay. Okay. Um, so there's also another type of duck. Oh, cool. Rubber duck. January 10th, 1992, uh, a container ship traveling from Hong Kong to Tacoma, Washington, loses 12 containers overboard. One of them sets loose thousands of tiny yellow plastic ducks on the currents of the North Pacific. The currents carry the ducks all over the world. So months later, they start washing up on the coast of Alaska, turning this toy spill into an accidental experiment. So from the Ducky study, you get real-time data about the currents in the North Pacific. The accidental duck experiment is still providing information today. They're almost indestructible. I mean, literally 20 years after they hit the ocean, they're still washing up on beaches around the world. I didn't know that. It's from Science Day. Yeah. Accidental duck experiment. 10,000 ducks dumped in the ocean, and to this day, we're supposedly using it to track currents in the uh, in the ocean. I thought that was interesting. Oh, that is interesting. Pretty crazy. That's, <laughs> that is so pretty crazy. So rubber ducks are better at their job than actual ducks. 
Yes. And they gather data, rubber ducks. Data, that's a D. That's a D. And there's all kinds of like data farming that I'm sure these rubber ducks are doing, but the regular ducks, they're on they're doing their own thing. Uh, regular duck. That's just I don't know why that cracked me up. Just the term regular duck. Yeah. You know, regular ducks. <laughs> Speaking of being regular, uh later in the show I do have a diarrhea segment. So Oh excellent. Uh last duck excellent. clip here. This is from National Geographic. And okay. the visual you kinda need for this because it's pretty gross actually. Rubber ducky, I'm awfully fond of you. Ernie might be singing a different tune if he knew just how much bacteria was inside his bath time friend. <gasps> Researchers cut open the yellow bath toys, analyzed them, and confirmed everyone's worst fear. Rubber duckies are full of nasty germs. They sliced them in half in this, and it's just full of like brown and green gunk on the inside of the rubber ducks. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> Scientists checked out the murky liquid that's released when the toys are squeezed and found that four out of the five they tested contained potentially pathogenic bacteria. That includes staph and strep. They can send people to the hospital and... By the way, I did not add this music. Oh, I know. This is National Geographic. No, sorry. This is Inside Edition. I'm sorry. National Geographic was the other one. Oh, okay, that yeah, makes Inside more sense. Edition. I was like, why is National Geographic do this? Inside Edition, this fits, yeah. Okay. It does, yes. Staff and strep. They can send people to the hospital and cause eye, ear, or gastrointestinal infections. But it's not all bad. One scientist says the bacteria could strengthen the immune system, which would be positive. Still, sounds pretty gross. Hey, rubber ducky. Would you like me to scrub your back with my nifty little scrub brush? Rubber Ducky might just want to take Ernie up on his offer. For InsideEdition.com, I'm Kelly Nealon. There you go. Uh, a staph the... infection with a rubber duck. That's the, uh. uh, that's the duck segment, everybody. Excellent. All right, what do you got, Carol? Well, I got... Um, I did make a list. First, I made a list, and then and then we can get into some clips. But I also wanted to go through this list because okay. I think I I got some good ones. Uh, dads, I love my dad. I'm and, one of those, and you're one of those. So I I think that's great. And um, uh, most dads I've met uh, do like me, which is very cool. Um, and you got a uh, demolition man. That's that's a that's a great movie with Sylvester Stallone and Sandra Bullock. You know what? I don't think I ever saw it. I'm gonna oh, you would love that it. To the, I'm gonna have to add that to the list. Oh yes, yes, absolutely. Oh, you know what? I'm glad absolutely I didn't clip it because I don't incredible because I don't want to I don't want to ruin it for you. And it's a very important movie. Oh, Rob Schneider's in it also. You can do it. You can do it. <laughs> and uh, DeVry, like DeVry College. I mean, those those commercials, pretty on point. And, you know, you got, uh, oh, downloading. Oh, yeah. You know what I, oh, yeah. 
yeah like like downloading like you know music and other stuff you know you know your, your napsters clips. clips torrents i i i recently downloaded a a a client i used to use a lot was soulseek and i was very happy to find out it still exists soulseek that sounds like a uh a dating app or something like farmers uh, only farmers <laughs> <laughs> I guess it kind of is, but for but for files, and and you could you could see another peer for a while, you know, if they have other stuff, but you have to share your stuff with, them. so you have to have open a folder and share it, so it's like peer to peer, uh, downloading. Um, oh, and uh, diaries. I was so I was actually <laughs> thinking about diaries. Because the the Biden diaries in the news, and then also the the uh, Ashley Biden diaries in the news. But really, I thought yes. of diaries because it's like, what do you get when you add a Ria to a diary? Diary. Oh, <laughs> diary. <laughs> diary is just a diary with a Ria on the end of it. That's true, and and you know, you could t- make a diary for your diarrhea, and tr- try to figure out. How you got the diarrhea by diarizing. How did I get, uh, Alex, how did I get this diarrhea? Hot pockets and honey (laughs) buns. Oh, yeah. That'll do it. (laughs) And then I thought about uh, David Duchovny, and he was in a movie, or no, not a, sorry, excuse me. He was in a show called Red Shoe Diaries. And it was, I guess it was kind of like a, like a light what would you call a light porn it was kind of like a soft core yeah 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 and that would be like on core stuff i think it's just easier on the eyes and the soul yeah i think i agree and it's and it's uh leaves more to the imagination yeah more the imagination and like boobs are better to look at than like balls and dicks and vaginas Mm mm-hmm like it's certainly better, like in uh, I guess. <laughs> and then um, also deodorant. That's also a good one. Yeah, comes in handy. It comes Especially in handy. For me, I've been I've been working. I just I guess I should have I haven't mentioned I should have mentioned at the top of the show. Yes, I was uh, missed the last two Wednesdays shows. I've been working oh. like a madman. A like a madman, yeah, everybody. A lot of sweaty, long days in the sun. So, because it's the busiest time of the year for the job. So, anyway. Oh. So that's that's a good chunk of the reason as to why I couldn't do it. Anymore. Oh, so, okay. Anyways, uh, and while I'm thinking about it, mm-hmm. I need to thank Servito for a donation that I forgot to credit him, but he said he's a big Battle of Douchebags fan. So I'm gonna I'm going to credit him with the producership of the upcoming one. Speaking hmm. of D's, douchebags. Douchebags. July 31st with Blueberry, Lavish, myself, and a special guest, Charlie Robinson of the Macro Aggressions podcast, as can be seen on Bandot Video and David Icke's platform, Iconic. Oh, um, cool. I, I haven't heard of that. I'll, I'll have to get you to send me a link or something. He did that book, um, uh, The Octopus of Global Control. Uh, it's pretty good. Oh, I'd, I'd definitely that's recommend cool. it. It's a good coffee table book to get the... Uh, Red pill some people. Um, 
But anyways, oh, yeah. uh, I did have that list. I meant to announce the list of douchebags because Nestworks is going to get uh, get the art started early. It's going to be a mm-hmm. whole thing. So while we're on the douchebags, I don't mean to side tangent your list, but I have to do mm-hmm. this before I forget. Sure. Where is that list? God damn it. Well, let me just go from memory. I never have the list. Oh, okay. Me. I believe it is. I'm, co- I'm bringing a bundle of joy. I got Joy Behar, Joy Reed. And- nice. <laughs> and um, Charlie Robinson has Steven Seagal and Sean Penn. Oh my goodness, that's great. <laughs> Boobery has Trevor Moore, and he's in the chat. He can help me with who the other one was. Trevor Moore and, or not Trevor Moore. Oh my God, that's blasphemy. Oh my gosh. Trevor yeah. Noah. Oh, Trevor Noah. Okay. Not Trevor Moore. Okay. Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's been a long week. No, R. it's R. okay. R.I.P. King. R.I.P. Trevor Moore. And Trisha Paytas or something, which I don't even know who that is. Do you know who that is? I don't know who that is, but uh, but I'm sure I'll find out on Battle of the Douchebags on July 31st. I, yes, and then Lavish is bringing Robert De Niro and oh <laughs> and the guy that directed. Uh, oh God, what's his name? I should have. I should have before I just started. Well, I think I did a pretty good job remembering most of them. Yeah, I think I'm you s- have. Yeah, I'm six for eight. Yeah, I'm six for eight. You six for eight. Hey, yeah. but uh, yeah, somebody will correct me in the chat. You talking uh, to me? Blueberry says Trisha Paytas. Paytas. Trisha Paytas. Is that is she the one? No, that's I'm thinking of someone else. Trisha Paytas. Oh wait. That is her. That's the one that co-hosted that show with. Uh, that's who I thought it was, but I was like, no, that's not it. It's the Ethan Klein's co-host, the crazy fat bitch. <gasps> is that his wife? No, no. Oh, that's that's a different. It's that's a mentally a, that's ill a different woman girl. that Ethan Klein took advantage of. Oh my! And at least Jeez. that's my understanding. Oh not, dear! Not sexually, just like for uh, money. <laughs> <gasps> oh, oh uh, dear. Okay. Oh, good. Do you want me to play that, Boober? I don't know if I should. Is that we might be burning some douchebag content? Well, let me know. Anyway, um, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll think of the, the other one later, or lavish. Okay. Tell you. But yes, yeah, so that's 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 uh, the douchebags, the D segment. All right. It sounds exciting. What else? I'm excited. Uh, dentists. Do because I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, your teeth are so important. They they're good for eating and smiling, and all all kinds of stuff. And it makes it it makes your lips and your mouth like look normal. Yeah, and it's important for your health to go to a dentist. And because if you get a hole in your in your teeth, you get a hole in your skull. Whoa, not what? fun. Yeah, you can get a hole in your skull. With your dent, like, not taking care of your teeth. You know. So then where they put a filling in your skull, too? Yeah, I think they probably have to put a filling in the skull, too. <laughs> Jeez, I didn't know that could happen. It could, it, if it gets real bad. Yeah, I don't have, de- I, I don't have dental insurance, but I go oh. sometimes, once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> once every couple of years, I'll just be like, hey, my teeth okay? <laughs> my teeth okay? Are they still there? Yeah. I- I checked. But All right, let me know when okay. I'm. Let me know when I'm when I need to come back because I won't do it because I'm paying out of pocket. See you in a couple of years. That's kind of how yeah, it's yeah. You gotta just tell me <laughs> when to come in. Yeah. And then I'll go. Uh, 
<laughs> well, um, I have uh, I have some clips that we can go through. Well, wait, um, is that did you, is have, that your whole list that you just read off? That that was my whole list. Yeah. Well, you let you left a bunch of things off the list. Oh, Cigarettes oh, what did I? What I and I lottery did. tickets <laughs> and chewing tobacco and hot pockets and honey buns <laughs> and coffee. And Gatorade and Coca Cola and aspirin and ice and cream. lighters <laughs> and ice cream, ice cream, <laughs> and potato chips and ice cream. <laughs> I get all of my lighters from from Fletcher. He he, Cigarettes. I got his lighter right now. Oh wow! Really? Did he mail it to you? Mm-hmm. I just took it. It's right oh. there. Unbelievable. Mine now. Believable. <laughs> I know, I know. Crossed hundreds of thousands of miles, and I got his lighter and brought it back, and that's it. <laughs> when I wake up, shout out to I Fletcher. Know I'm gonna be yeah, five hundred <laughs> miles, or you said a thousand. Five hundred, five. Like I'm, I'm assuming it's over a thousand for sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, but uh, were you queuing me up for a? Uh... Yeah, yeah, I was going to, yeah, I was going to get you queued up for uh, one of one of these. Um, do Do you want to talk about disasters or do you want to talk about driving? I'm going to save the dairy stuff for. Sometimes those uh, things can happen. It's like like a driving disaster. That's true. That's true. I I do have two separate things that are one's a disaster and then one's like cool about driving. So driving is cool. Yeah. I like it. Um and then there's race car driving. So I I I took this clip uh from NASCAR and uh apparently Ryan Blaney unrelated as far as I know um has had won the uh 2022 All-Star uh race for NASCAR. Wow. And uh yeah, yeah. And I thought it was pretty cool. I was like, yeah, yeah, that's what I would have done. I I was trying to get a get a uh, get some sweet clips of them saying Blaney, and then, but it's um, but uh, yeah, clip one. Uh, this just it's it's just uh, footage of like the last um leg of this race, and then and then Ryan Blaney wins. <laughs> And wide open trying within three car lengths closing. Here they come to the line. The track is green. The checkered flag waves. Ryan Blaney finally wins the all-star race. Thank gosh that happened that way. That's exactly who needed to win this race. He deserved to win the race. Took care of business. Adversity took care of the wind and net. Washed that out of his mind and went up there and got him a great restart again. Congratulations and great job, my million-dollar man, Ryan Blaney. The million-dollar man. Yeah, wow. yeah. So he won a million dollars, and there was a there was a controversy with uh, his his win. Uh, the guy who placed second um, had had issues with. Um, I, I guess they. There's a rule, there's a NASCAR rule about opening your win- the net of the window and uh, and apparently that was incorrect. So, I was just reading from this uh I'll I'll send you the show notes or I'll uh, send this 
send this URL to the, for you for the show notes. That's what I was trying to say. Um, so the the guys who play second, Denny Hamlin, uh, he said uh, that he's Any he was voicing to the restaurant his Denny's. Uh, it might be, yeah, he might be the Denny's guy. <laughs> Denny's telling my boy Blaney what to do. What the hell? If Wendy's has a Wendy, then Denny's should have a Denny. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> and he felt that uh, NASCAR he broke its own rules. According to Hamlin, uh, Ryan could could have won the race, but the rules are the rules. And everybody has to play them. And uh, he was saying like how he moved, he opened the this netting in the window, and you're not supposed to, but apparently it was closed. It was it was pretty weird. Yeah. So following a caution. Uh, yeah, Ryan Blaney lowered the window net after crossing the starting finish line, thinking he had won the race. That's uh, allegedly what happened, mm. but, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so clip two, he's talking to a reporter after, after this win, and then he kind of, like, talked, and then he just kind of talked about, like, you know, he, about this controversy, so <laughs> that's a clip two. And let's see, this clip is 33 seconds. Ryan, I know it was wild there at the end, but the bottom line is you are an all-star, a million dollars. It was all about your team tonight. What kind of party can we expect from you? I don't know. I, uh, I, 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 it was about to be real, real bad for us. If <laughs> I thought the race was over, everyone thought the race was over, and I already had my window down. And, and uh, I do want to thank NASCAR for letting me kind of fix it and not make us come down pit road. Uh, but um, yeah, that was really tough. Uh, then you know, have to do it all over again after trying to get that window net back up there. But from reporters. So, uh, what's your guys' take on the track here? Any concerns? Well, I think it's a fine track. You know, the, the techs have done a really good job of making sure the banks are grafted down to the right specs, and there shouldn't be any problems. Yeah, we like the track. Yep, we got to graft the banks and specs. It's like an oval, so we're gonna drive straight, and then we're gonna be turning to the lamp. <laughs> Uh, they're saying hot weather tomorrow. Any concerns about restrictor plate or brake fade problems? Of course, any time you're dealing with high humidity and temperatures, you need to compensate your brake fluid. But the plates themselves... Compensate your brake fluid and get your, get your brake working so you can stop something. Excuse me, who is this kid? Is he even a driver? Ew, bring it on, Aaron Hart. You scared of the competition? I'm just as poor and stupid as you. I'm going to drive, and I'm going to go fast, and I'm going to turn to the left sometimes. Can we just get back to the subject of racing, please? Oh, bring it on, Danica. You dumb bitch think I can't steer left better than you? You seem really stupid, Eric. Thanks, B-Buds. I really think I can hold my own against these guys. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, had, I couldn't resist. Oh, I'm so glad you I'm did. I'm dipping Vagisil. <laughs> Today I'm dipping Vagisil Ultra Extra Strength. Fucking Obama, gay as hell, pissing me off. Oh my god! Oh my god, that's so good. I always forgot about that. Oh, that's great. Uh, I'm gonna go yeah, back driving. and watch all the old ones. Yeah. So so driving, driving it's pretty great. Uh, gas powered vehicles. Yes. Yeah. They're trying yeah. to phase those out by making this to not be able to afford them, though. Yeah, I mean, rude. I like lame. driving. I mean, lame and rude. I mean, really. 
Pretty but stupid. It was pretty stupid. I mean, they're, I mean, people's faces are going to be red when they find out that their electric vehicle can't go across the country <laughs> yeah. without charging it. And that they're, it's going to be charged with coal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> with coal that they're, that they want to get rid of, apparently. My dad brought up a, a, a great point. He, he said, why don't they just like, cause people already, they already made a bunch of cars. The cars are out there. There should be a business where they re like restore old vehicles. Like that's what they do. And then put it on the market. Yeah. They don't. They just let, let these things rust out. And then it's like, oh, but that doesn't have Apple Play. <laughs> Dude, I talked to somebody the other day. They're, you know, they're like 17. They don't mm -hmm. even, they didn't, because they just, I said, do you have an aux cord? And they didn't know what that meant. Because, like, the new oh, iPhones dear. don't have the cords. And the cars don't have yeah. the aux cords. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, Am I like the geez. old man? <laughs> now? <laughs> I don't feel that old. Ox cord? What the hell are you? A hundred years old? Ox cord. The fuck is that? You talking about like a bison? An ox? An ox? All bunion and his big blue ox cord? The fuck? I I don't have room for oxes. <laughs> what? What? Ollie Ollie oxen cord and free. What? I realized I do or... have more animals than I thought. I um. Oh, we do. Oh, good. Um. Yeah, I, I mean, unless uh, it's up to you, where do you want to go next? I oh, I, I want to hear about these animals. Oh, oh, yeah, let's yeah, give me give me an animal. Let's okay. discuss you it. You want a you want a a big animal or a small? Well, not huge, but like a big animal or a small animal. First, sure. uh, a small animal. All right. The spring allergy season is right around the corner. But if you're already uh, waking up with red, itchy eyes, chances are you may have a dust mite allergy. Dust mites are with dust us mite. all Ooh. the time. So what exactly are they? Good question. John Lordson doing all the gross work tonight, yeah. answering the good question. Right. And speaking of gross, here's a little bit of reality. As we're talking right now, dust mites are crawling really all over us. So think oh, about that yeah. for a second. Thank you. They find us so appealing because so they feed on our dead skin. It's what they do after <laughs> that that makes some people allergic to these microscopic critters. Microscopic. I am allergic to ragweed. That's all. And that doesn't sound so bad after you learn about another kind of allergy, one that has legs and no problem crawling on your face. Look at this picture. What's your reaction to that? Uh, it looks horrible. It looks like it'll kill you, like horribly. And these aren't the... <laughs> when I first saw this clip, I, I so bet he just holds out like a, a picture of like really inflated or like, you know, micro... Uh, what's it called when you blow up a picture that's microscopic of just these yeah. dust mites? And the guy's like, ugh. But I want to just like... You could make so many great memes with just a reporter walking around with people saying, look at this picture. What do you think of that? It's just like a picture of somebody's balls or something. <laughs> look at this picture. What do you think of that? Yeah. Oh, I don't, and then the person goes, oh, I don't like that. <laughs> microscopic critters. I am allergic to ragweed. That's all. And that doesn't sound so bad after you learn about another kind of allergy, one that has legs and no problem crawling on your face.
Look at this picture. What's your reaction to that? Uh, it looks horrible. It looks like he'll kill you, like horribly. <laughs> and these aren't the most attractive little critters. It's like a picture of Hillary Clinton. Yes, or they're a perennial allergen, <laughs> and they're very small. You can't see them with your eye. You have to look under a microscope. And what you see isn't pretty. Dr. Nancy Ott has been an allergist for over 25 years. She says despite their appearance, dust mites won't bite us, but they are after our dead skin. They love humidity, so in your bed, they love it when you're snuggling up in your bed and they're having a, you know, a house dust mite party because they're growing and thriving. Are you okay with that? Not really. They also love carpet, upholstered furniture, and stuffed animals. But when it comes to dust mite allergies, it's not the mite itself. It's what comes out of it after it eats your skin. Unfortunately, it is mainly the fecal particles. Because the allergen is found Ooh. on your pillows, red itchy eyes are a symptom. So is sneezing and stuffiness. Tree pond sounds a little better to me. But there are ways to keep the dust mite <laughs> allergy at bay, like not using Man feathered pillows and comforters. Right? And you can put encasements around the bedding to sort of entomb the dust mite away from you. Washing your sheets once a week will also fight the allergy, but even then, you can't completely get rid of them. You're okay with that. You can coexist with these guys. Well, sure. You have to, right? Right. Yes, so Dr. recommends <laughs> washing your sheets in 150 like, yeah, degree temperature. That kills dust mites. You can buy those pillow and comforter encasements she was talking about at places like Target or Bed Bath and The whole beyond. thing was an ad. So, yeah, also it to was. keep the humidity yeah, in your thanks home bed, bath, and beyond. That decreases their numbers as well. Just keep in mind, <laughs> dust mites do serve a purpose. They're right. related to spiders. Spiders like to feed. That's what dust mites like to do as well. So they cut down on dust. He didn't tell us the purpose. He just said they like to eat. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't tell us the purpose. And Hot they didn't pockets. tell us what what uh, Bed Bath & Beyond stock is at right now. <laughs> sell, sell, sell. Sell, sell, sell. The Let's dust mites it. are winning, people. Oh, They're just disgusting. winning. It really is, yeah. That's what makes it fun. I just though, want kind to of. run home and rip off all wow. the sheets. The way you think she's going to yeah, burn I mean, her all her bed sheets and pillows. For that, John. Just keep them uh, in mind. Right. Makes me feel good right now, too, John. Thank you. <laughs> That's good. Uh, if you have a good question for John, please email it by going to WCCO.com. <laughs> okay. There's gonna, I, I wonder if that guy got like some emails of people just freaking out. Yes, yeah, Servo in the chat losing. said, why would you tell anyone this? Because germaphobes yes. are going to nuke the planet i think technically they'd be arachnophobes not germaphobes so servo i guess because they're kind of related to spiders they're not yeah. germs they're no like tiny 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 little bugs yeah unless that was but fake i guess news. the fecal ma- unless the fecal matter is considered a germ i guess it would be or like a coli yeah yeah i don't know if they would cause e coli i suppose they would I have another... Yeah, their poop is germs. I have another 90-second clip on dust mites if you want it. Oh, let's hear it. Now it's time to zoom into the... This, mo- one, this one, by the way, actually is for real now. This one's National Geographic for real this time. Oh, okay. Zoom into the microscopic world of the tiny creatures that inhabit our everyday lives. There's nothing like collapsing into a freshly made bed at the end of a long, hard day crisp sheets, plump pillows, a warm, clean place where you can escape the grime and the grind of day-to-day existence. Or can you? Just how clean is your bed? Well, you might be horrified at the things you can sleep with. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Meet Harry and his chums. Harry's a dust mite, or Dermatophagoides teranicinus. 
Try saying that ten times quickly. He's an ugly sucker. But fortunately, you'll never come face to face with him. At just point two to point three of a millimetre long, it's virtually impossible to see him with the naked eye. And he'll certainly never see you because he hasn't got any eyes. In the average bed, there can be anything from 100,000 to 2 million dust mites. It's extraordinary. And a two-year-old pillow, the weight of it, 10% of it, could be dead mites and their excretions. Yeah. And you know what they live on? This is, this is a lot worse when you see the, uh, like all the creepy crawly under the micro stuff, microscope stuff oh. they're showing. But... Oh, that's gotta be, yeah. Yeah, if it wasn't for them, we'd probably be waving around in dead skin. Later, a great job. Yeah, good housekeepers. Mm. Bye, Harry. Keep up the good work. Good night. Sleep tight. They're both, by the way, they, they both those guys, the whole time they're doing that report, they're laying next mm -hmm. to each other in a bed, looking at the camera. Like, laying all the way down. <laughs> it's the weirdest... <laughs> That's I mean, it's so like, weird. Yeah, everything about that was just like, ugh. Do they have pajamas on or were They're they like... white bathrobes, I think. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, good night, sleep tight. And you hear the creepy crawling noise and then it just like pans into his face and fades out. Like, what the fuck is this? What the fuck? What the fuck is that? <laughs> All right. You want to wrap up my last animal? Let's hear it. I brought this because I had a near run-in with one of these about a week or two ago out on I oh. uh, no out on Pellissippi Parkway. So an estimated 102,000 deer are currently roaming around the state, often causing traffic accidents and ruining crops. Advocates and lawmakers at the state house in Trenton are trying to come up with a solution to that problem that is likely will impacting will impact you news 12 new jersey's alex sedan has that story from upper freehold deer leap right off uh, in front of the car haven't hit it but you know came close it seems like everyone who's driven in new jersey has a deer story the car i'm driving now my sister actually hit it with a deer and it had to get repaired on the back roads of millstone where there are a lot of deer at the state house in trenton monday lawmakers mulling what more to do about New Jersey's eye-poppingly high population of deer. Outside of urban areas of New Jersey, through much of the state, the densities are extremely high, especially around agricultural areas. A recent Rutgers study of selected areas of the state found an average of between 60 and 200 deer per square mile. Experts say that to avoid traffic accidents and destroying crops, that number should average 10 deer per square mile. Maybe we're overthinking this. I mean, you know, why don't we just open up hunting season? Why don't we just allow different hunting tools? Wildlife advocates say hunting has not lessened the problem. I do recognize there is a deer problem. Okay, thank you. I just would approach it a different way. At least that there are different ways to approach it. And those ways would include non-lethal methods like fences or surgical sterilization. It's about trying to find balance. We're talking about deer here today. Most people don't want to see the deer eradicated. Residents were split. Nobody's talking about eradicating them. No, no. It's like thinning the herd, yeah. culling the herd. Eradicate. I think that's the. We don't want to have the deer eradicated. It's like, what? <laughs> it's pretty permanent. Yeah. Eradicating. It's, it's like, it makes it sound like they're going to make them extinct. Yeah. 
<laughs> between lethal and non-lethal methods of dealing with deer. We should definitely look into non-lethal methods on how to keep them away from roads, but I'm also a, an animal rights ad advocate, so I, I do care about their lives and I don't want to see them hunted. If the um, population is kind of exorbitant, then it might be better for them to consider at least limited hunting during periods of time where they're, they're too plentiful. The state says over 54,000 deer were hunted between the fall of 2020 and the winter of 2021. Estimates are 102,000 deer remain roaming the state. In Upper Freehold, Alex Sedan, News 12, New Jersey. Yeah, Assembly so Committee Jersey, also but... considering a multi-species hunting permit to allow farmers to hunt more than one type of animal. In... Oh, I thought that lady was quack, still talking, quack. but it's the duck. <laughs> oh, similar. okay. Um, du the duck. <laughs> it's the, the reason I brought deer is because okay, I sh I've never seen anything quite like this. Like I've I've skimmed a deer with a car on the interstate, but like I never plowed oh, into that's one. Scary. But this dude. Oh. And if, if it's like a big one, I mean, you could total your car <laughs> or like have it fly through the windshield and kill you or something. But no, for this sure. This thing. <clears throat> this this uh, semi truck, it's it like it was like the middle of the day too, and this deer runs out in front of this semi truck and just flies through the air, but it like evaporated, like it like it had gone through a jet engine turbine. The amount of blood just spraying th way up into the air was crazy. It was like a cloud of blood that just like shot across the interstate, and they still have they got the deer away, but like a week or so later, there's still like a. 30 foot long streak of just blood streaked across Pellissippi. <laughs> like, is somebody going to clean this up? I don't know. It's still oh. there. I literally saw it yesterday. Whoa. And, and how, how long ago did this happen? Like a week and a half ago, maybe. Oh, wow. Yeah. I guess they're, I guess it's just probably too hot to, yeah, it's probably just waiting it. for a rain day <laughs> when it's just like rains and it just cleans it up. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, it's rained though and it's still there. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, probably a lot of guts, yeah. too. I mean, it's just it's just stained on there. It looks like now I just have the fire department come pressure wash it. But anyway, that's my deer. Oh, that's my deer slash interstate report. Um, now back to venison is the very news. good. Oh yes, with the news, <laughs> venison is delicious. Uh, highly it recommend is, if it's cooked right. It's yeah. yes, it yes. Can be it, a little it's tough a, if it's not. Yeah, yeah, it's such a delicate meat. It's it could be overcooked easily. It really does make like great uh, like pot roast too and stuff. You could stew, stew. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, and deer jer service right deer jerky. Oh dear, I almost forgot about that. <laughs> well, oh. now with that report, I'll next time uh, I'm I'm in a area i'm driving in an area where deer could just hop out i'll be i'll i'll drive a lot slower yeah probably good probably good move um i mean it's pretty rare but it always happens when you're not expecting it you know? oh absolutely pretty much everybody around even in ohio too i think the deer is even worse in ohio or at least it was when i was growing up there like everybody in tennessee and ohio have stories about either them or a family member hitting a deer Oh yeah, damn, that's scary. Yeah, that's I've, why, I've only that's been why a... you never drive sober. I've been drinking beer. <laughs> <laughs> that's why they got the light beers out there. You know, 
I'll have a Coors Light. I'm driving. <laughs> I'm not drinking and driving. I'm driving <laughs> while I'm drinking. Right, boys? <laughs> I, there's a great meme uh, that I don't know where I don't know where I saw it. it might have been on Discord or something. Of it's just like a, a bottle opener, but it doubles as like a silencer for your seatbelt alarm. You just click the bottle opener into this into where your seatbelt goes to turn the alarm off. <laughs> Then pop it out when you need to open another beer. <laughs> Hell yeah. Let me just show you some fun stuff I found on Twitter. <laughs> just fun stuff on Twitter. I was going to tweet this too. Maybe I should. All right. <laughs> who was that guy? Neil deGrasse Tyson. Oh, that's who. Yeah. Okay. All right. What prompted you to, to tweet that? It was a total non sequitur. I just wanted to play all those. Tweet even related oh, clips. Fair uh, enough. <laughs> all right, where are we at? Uh, uh, so, so um, let's cue up a disaster. I think the next the next D I have the 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 clips. I think will lead into your your diarrhea uh, clips oh, very well, actually. So, uh, let's get into disaster. Um, now, I if you if you heard these clips before, you have because I played them on on Hog Story. Um, it was a while back, like two forty seven. So it's been a while, but I've been thinking about it since I learned, since I I watched this documentary, had these clips, talked about it on the show. The Krakatoa uh, ex uh, eruption, the the eruption, the volcanic eruption in in uh, five thirty six A D, which caused a massive like cloud like across the world and um uh and i and i think it's it's just it's worth revisiting yeah. um so yeah yeah it it's um it's so so clip one uh they're talking about uh and mind the music i mean there's they played a bunch of music in it so sorry about that it can't be any um, worse than that uh inside edition with about the uh rubber duckies it might be the same. I don't, it might be. It might be up there. <laughs> uh, but uh, clip one, uh, they talk about uh, uh, the volcanic eruption and, and scientists using a simulator to to replicate it. Using Willetz's model, we have reconstructed the Krakatoa 535 A.D. Big Bang. giant red-hot fountain of molten rock and a vast cloud of ash towered over the countryside. Then, a second crack would have let seawater in. This caused an absolutely vast explosion, creating a 30-mile-high fountain of magma, dust and ash. Up to a thousand miles away, ash rained down on forests and fields. The towering clouds of steam and gas and ash pierced and shot upwards and at times when it seemed like it could no, go no higher, it would continue to go high, eventually to the point where it started to block out the sun in all directions. And this gray-white cloud would then start, see to sort of move laterally across the sky like a mushroom cloud. 
the fallout from the eruption would have been the natural equivalent of nuclear winter. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty devastating for uh for many years. Uh that this doesn't sound the, too good. This yeah, it did not sound too good. <laughs> and uh in this uh in this uh, clip too, um uh, this discusses uh, the Krakatoa uh, volcano and this dormant volcano in New Mexico, which have similar characteristics. Okay. So how did Krakatoa affect the world? Ken Wallets has studied Krakatoa in detail, and he can see similarities between it and a huge dormant volcano near his laboratory, high danger, in the hills of danger, New Mexico. Alert! alert. The 15-mile-wide volcanic crater, or caldera, at Valle Grande, New Mexico, last exploded a million years ago. Ash from here landed as far away as Louisiana. Using the remains... Can I just say, cra- what is it called, Kratatoa? How do you say it? Uh, Krakatoa. Krakatoa and Ash. I'm yeah. just thinking the Evil Dead, like Army of Darkness. Klaatu, Barakta, oh. Nigtu, and Ash. Like, that's all that my mind just immediately went there with those two. <laughs> Oh, the okay. Valle Grande, Ken shows how high-flying volcanic ash blocks out the sun. This is ultra-fine volcanic ash formed by Phreatoplinian eruptions similar to what we think happened in the 6th century at Krakatoa. It's so fine, so fine. that even just a baby's breath of air will keep it suspended by minute turbulence. It will never fall to the earth as long as the air is moving, which, of course, it always does high up in the atmosphere. Oh. Oh, sorry. Yeah, probably, yeah, just cut off. Um, but no, it sounds like they're saying that's a bad thing, that it's going to be up in the air to block out the sun. Yeah, yeah. So and blocks, why is the CFR so, and Bill Gates in the UN all saying that they're spraying stuff in the air to block out the sun? Cool down the earth. Yeah, well this had this had some some uh some adverse effects for sure. And and um what's interesting is it, like it this this whole documentary goes into like things like the plague, uh the ivory trade during that time and it, this even um uh yeah, like Mohammedan Islam in 535 it's yeah, and I and I think uh, uh, just a lot of like different, a lot of event, a lot of uh, events occurred in this time as a result of this of this eruption. Mm. And it's uh, now like when did this I, eruption I wonder, happen again? It probably said it in the clip, but I just uh, five five thirty five A.D. Okay, that was before I was born. Same. Yeah, yeah. So I I don't have any living memory of it. It, it erupted then, and then it erupted again in the uh, late eighteen hundreds. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So uh, I wonder. So it's over. If, we're, we, we're coming up on um, maybe a couple more hundred years. It'll pop off. Probably. Cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Twist me up. <laughs> Give me more twisting. <laughs> it's remarkable something like this could just like happen and then just 
Oh, the sun no longer is out. Randall Carlson talks about that like 50 plus years, maybe sometimes even cultures talk hundreds of years where you just couldn't see the sun. Yeah. And it was uh, not I necessarily think... because of where the orbit of the earth as much as it was, there was just so much ash and stuff in the air. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I and I wonder if it if it had to do with this. Most likely, yeah. An asteroid impact would have a similar thing, I think, but uh, volcano ash would probably be lighter weight and stay up there longer. Yeah, yeah, and just take a long time for it to come down from from the upper atmosphere like it is. Push me up! <laughs> it's the ash talking to the wind, I guess. I don't know. Oh, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what the ash sounds like. It is coming. <laughs> <laughs> and uh clip three um in this uh this talks about what uh, whatever what is the uh, aftermath of uh the krakatoa eruption in 535 AD, similar microscopic particles of ash and sulfur dioxide from Krakatoa would have shrouded the whole sky, turning it endlessly gray. Temperatures dropped. Without the full strength of the sun to heat the oceans, less water would have evaporated and the atmosphere became drier and drier. As a result, there would have been progressively less rainfall. As a result, there were droughts and famines. Uh, very often at the end of major droughts, uh, you do get um, massive floods. And that seems to have been what occurred. Noah's flood? Yeah. They're right yeah. on it. Yeah, that's what. So that's the timeline, right? Is there. Well, no, I guess we're not talking Noah's flood would have been like 6,000 years ago or something. Mm -hmm. 10,000 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Depending on um, what religion you buy into, but they all have the flood story. So, yeah, it would make sense that um, something like that has maybe happened even more recently. Yeah. And, and, the, and the fact that there's parts that that got uh that dried up completely like i wonder if uh you know the like this uh, i don't know maybe maybe i was gonna say the sahara desert but going from being like a lush rainforest to being a desert and they say it's starting to actually the the uh desert is shrinking because the forests are actually uh, encroaching on the space of the desert and that's supposedly because of the increased carbon emissions because plants breathe CO2. Oh, okay. And turn it into oxygen. And they, uh, so the more, I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a scientist, but the, my no. understanding is the more that we pump out into the atmosphere, the more plants uh, can thrive. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's why they that's call it I greenhouse think. gas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. <laughs> And it's all the things that you see in a greenhouse would just show up. Everybody knows that that, any, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> That's a new one. I like that. <laughs> in the clip four, uh, this discusses uh, the, how, the vol how this volcanic eruption had affected the entire world. But what fascinated David Keyes most was not the climatic catastrophe itself, but the possible effects on human civilization. I'm serious. 
I began to think to myself, well, disruption as severe as this has got to have political consequences. It's really the long-term consequences that I was interested in, in isolating, to see whether one big event can actually have a knock-on effect throughout history worldwide. So he's saying that, a, is, is that basically him saying ne never let a crisis go to waste? Pretty much. Yeah. 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 And like, yeah. how, how will this, how will this affect, well, it's, I'm sure it's, it's like the scientists or the uh, psychologists working for the government with their, with all the, um, you know, disasters that happen. Oh, I want, how will this affect the world? How will this affect this X country in the yeah. long term? You know, <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, weather as a weapon. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if something like this hadn't happened in 535 AD, like how far, how would we be more mm. advanced in this in this age, in this, in the, uh, 2020s. Yeah. We're overdue for something to knock us back down a peg. I think. I don't think, yeah, we, I don't think we've seen something that would, uh, you know, a natural disaster probably since, um, I don't know. When, when was the Carrington event was, and when was, uh, that was probably more, more in recent memory perhaps. Um, I was gonna say them bringing back Queer Eye on Netflix was you could count that up there. <laughs> callback, callback to Best of the Bees, everybody. Callback. <laughs> and that be the wonderful world of bile. I'm I'm surprised they haven't uh, done like a celebrity one. <laughs> Celebrity oh, queer eye. I'm yeah. I mean, they probably have, and I just chose to ignore it. Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Um. So okay, we left off with scientists talking about the, and we're at the connection between the rise. Yes. And yes. Yeah. So uh, clip five uh, discusses how the connection with uh, this vol volcanic event and the plague in the sixth century. Keyes decided to examine a series of historical puzzles of the 6th century AD. He looked at events which, from contemporary writings and archaeological evidence, were known to have taken place, but whose cause has never been properly explained. The first puzzle was the spread of a terrible disease which brought the greatest superpower of the time, the Roman Empire, to its knees. In 535 AD, under the Emperor Justinian, the late Roman Empire based in Constantinople was flourishing. But in 542 AD, something awful struck at the heart of Justinian's glittering empire. The horrors were described by a contemporary writer, a monk called Evagrius. With some people, it began in the head made the eyes bloody and the face swollen, descended to the throat, and then removed them from mankind. With others, there was a flowing of the bowels. Oh. 
don't know. Evagrius was describing a massive outbreak of bubonic plague, the first time it was recorded in history. But how could the plague have anything to do with the climatic catastrophe unleashed seven years before? Plague is a bacteria, a bacillus transmitted from infected rats to humans. The carrier is the humble flea which feeds on rats' blood. Now who, yeah. who is he to speak for fleas? Maybe fleas aren't, don't think they're maybe they're how do you see you know they're humble? Maybe fleas yeah, are I cocky know. as fuck. Yeah, they probably are cocky as fuck. They're probably, you know, oh, I'm going to get into your dog time. right now and your you dog's ears. You, no? you smash them with your thumb and they still just start hopping away again. I'll be cocky yep. as fuck. Yeah. Yeah, they Oof. I think they're cocky as fuck and I think he's he's uh downplaying their cockiness. <laughs> They're so evil. Just please, God, free us from them. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's um, and the the lack of being able to see the sun would also give rise to a plague if you can't get your vitamin D. Oh yeah, they yeah, just and go the, to get and... liquid sun from infowarsstore.com like you can nowadays. No, no, they didn't have that. They didn't have AJ back in those days. And they were, they had the cold, cooler temperatures, so it just it, it would give people no, n- yeah, no protection, really. Like they'd be constantly getting sick for one reason or another, being cold. <laughs> I was trying to time it right for the cough. I need more cough. I need more clips of just AJ coughing. <laughs> yeah. Cigarettes. All right. <laughs> All right, uh, clip clip 6. The plague in- What Keyes found out is that scientists now know that outbreaks of plague are strongly related to changes in climate. Oh. Mm. The sort of changes that followed 535, in particular cooling, could have had a huge impact on the spread of the disease. Temperature directly affects how the plague bacteria form in the flea's gut. Well, plague um, epidemics um, are temperature-related. Um, what happens is that in the, in the gut of the flea, the, the fibrin clot only forms at temperatures below 25 degrees centigrade. Above 25 degrees centigrade, the clot doesn't form. And any bacillus is simply passed out also. of the flea with the faeces. I got distracted. <laughs> I'm going to skip it back like 10 seconds. <laughs> oh, okay. Above 25 degrees centigrade, the clot doesn't form, and any bacillus is simply passed out of the flea with the feces. What is all this stuff? Yeah. So wait, so I didn't, wait, so okay. What do you say that if you, if the temperature's a certain degree, the feces passes better? I think so. You can play it back again. Yeah, let me back that up a little further this time. Um, are temperature related? Um, what happens is that in the in the gut of the flea, the the fibrin clot only forms at temperatures below twenty five degrees centigrade. Above twenty five degrees centigrade, the clot doesn't form, and any bacillus is simply passed out of the flea with the feces. And that 
be the wonderful world of bile. I did would have not have predicted that both of you and I would be bringing clips about tiny little insect species today, but we both did. <laughs> we both did. Nice. <laughs> this is great. It's going down, ladies and gentlemen. Whoa. Right. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so, so the, the cooler temperatures make it m- more likely for the fleas to so they it, so- it sounds like they yeah they like they develop clots so they would they would they regularly yeah they get constipated and then they are and then they have a, what's great uh, the video actually had um like an x-ray of a flea and it when its belly was like huge it was just like this is what happens with this, these blood clots and they're constipated and it's like ugh. It looked really nasty. This out of control psychotic ninja warfare demon is over here making me look foolish. <laughs> That's not the clip I thought it was. Okay. <laughs> um. All right, clip seven. Yeah, clip seven. This one talks about uh, the African ivory trade, bringing the plague to the to the Roman Empire. Oh man. If cooler conditions bring about the onset of the disease, did that happen in 535 AD? And if so, where? Well, according to one of our contemporary sources, the church historian Evagrius, the plague originated in Ethiopia. Because Africa is normally hot, the disease is kept at bay. But if Africa was affected by the global cooling of 535 and 536, it would have been a lethal breeding ground for plague. From Africa, via the trade routes, ships, rats and sailors could easily bring the plague up the coast, first hitting the major port of Alexandria in Egypt and on into the heart of the Roman Empire. And Roman greed for one precious commodity from African elephants would only accelerate that process. In the 6th century, there was an enormous trade in African ivory. So, the... Flea, the same fleas that would spread it in the heat would come over mm-hmm. on the boats and then they'd be in colder places and then they even though they wouldn't have spread it where they were now that they're here they're going to spread the, the plague yeah wow yeah That's now that good. it's all cold with no sun the volcanic ash has covered the sun and now it's just like like this this breeding sounds like ground. a shitty time to be alive it's it does sound like a shitty time. You got like fleas and fucking rats and scurvy following you around on the boats, and then you go on land and you got you can't see the sun. Mm-hmm. Yep. How could they even and navigate on boats without being able to see the stars or the sun? That's a that's a great point. I I, I was just not thought of it. Yeah. I I wonder how how far uh, along like cartography would have been. Like for sailors, like sailing from Africa and and up into up into Europe. Maybe they just had like a bunch of books that worked like GPS, but instead of having to download the data, they, it was just in books. And the book, if you read enough books, then you would know where you were at on the ocean. Like yeah, you had guys read you the right books. Here, let me read this to you. <laughs> they would read them. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. 
Um, and then uh, we have yeah. It's it's interesting. This ties into a lot of different events. Um, yeah, I'm starting to piece, eight, like I'm piecing these like sep- like separate things. All seem like yeah, they're tied into they're l- not even loosely but intricately connected. Uh, and it's interesting to hear who did this report. Do you know? Um. I'll I'll have to get it to you. I uh It's interesting to hear him talk I'll, about global cooling and all this. Yes. I wonder when this report was done. But yeah, I think it was today. last year, but I'll I'll uh I'll check it out for you. Check it out. And unknown to the Empire, a second mortal threat was brewing three thousand miles to the east. It's coming. The climatic catastrophe was also having an extraordinary effect on an extraordinary people. They too would play their part in the decline of the Roman Empire. And the simple reason for this new threat was the difference between the digestive systems of horses and cows. And that be the wonderful world of bile. I'm just going to keep playing that anytime they talk about a digestive system. (laughs) Uh. Wow, okay. So is that um, is that leading into the next one? Because it seemed like he was building up to something about what was going to happen yeah. with the horses and cows. Yeah, yeah. I, I believe this uh, leads into the next one. In the early 6th century, 125,000 people lived in Teotihuacan in the central Mexican plain. In 500 AD, when the city reached its peak, it really was what is called a primate city. By that I mean... The second next largest city is so far below it in size that there really, you could almost say there are no other cities. I mean, that's an overstatement, obviously, but there were cities of 10,000 people, 20,000. But compared to the 125,000 here, it was nothing. So it was the only huge, large city in the entire central Mexican plateau. Huge, large city. Then, midway through the 6th century, shortly after the 535 AD catastrophe, things began to go wrong in Teotihuacan. Oh, sorry. Um, I think I think I just had the clip eight. Um, it didn't lead into anything relating no, to it. I, I think I just wanted to illustrate how how it how it did affect like livestock at that time, right. where people were. Uh, well, you have to cut had, some stuff out, otherwise you just bring the whole thing and play it all the way through, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you got to you got to make you got to make editorial decisions. Yeah, I do yes, <laughs> and and this this uh, this volcanic eruption all the way in Indonesia goes and affects a city in Mexico. The the way it did Mexico, I thought that said Texaco. Yeah, We're low Mex- on gas. Texas. <laughs> and then uh, clip ten uh, talks about the uh, formation of England. So this was the early days of England. 535 um, disturbs the status quo and allows history to reform itself all over the world. It really is the interface between the ancient world and the world. It's the interface between the ancient world and the world we live in today. In central Mexico, it took 300 years for a new civilization to establish itself. 
Throughout the 6th century, a similar story was unfolding all over the planet. Ancient civilizations crumbling, others just beginning. And according to David Keyes, one example of an emerging nation was England itself. Britain in the mid-6th century, the Dark Ages. The Romans had left a hundred years earlier. In the west of the island, native British tribes, the Celts, fought to stem the tide of Anglo-Saxon invasion from northern Europe. According to legend, it was the time of the death of King Arthur. His country turned into a wasteland. So yeah. what year was that? King Arthur was... King uh, Arthur, yeah. That was, that was about 500, right? If yeah, I think so. That's when Monty Python took that Holy Grail and fought the rabbit with the the grenade of courage or whatever. I haven't seen that movie too long. <laughs> uh. King Arthur, King of the Britons. <laughs> we already got a king. I didn't vote for you. Yeah, classic. <laughs> oh yeah, thirteen eighty five. Uh, I guess. Uh, Wait, that's when King Arthur was thirteen eighty five. Um. Can't... Uh, 1385 well, I mean, isn't even it's debatable if he was even a real person right yeah yeah because he was like the, the sword uh, and the stone and merlin and all that it's kind of archetypal ah uh, yes there's illustrations from the 1300s and then there's 1400s he seemed quite beloved now is he of any relation to arthur the mouse that's friends with that bunny rabbit on the arthur show Hmm. It should be. They should be friends and relations. Well, like, maybe that's his great. Buster and Arthur are friends, but I'm wondering oh, yes. if King Arthur, King of the Britons, was friends with Arthur the Mouse from the PBS show. Hmm. Arthur the Mouse. Yeah, you know Arthur the Mouse, right? I know Arthur and and. Oh yes, yeah. probably. He's the mouse and he has the dog and he has a buddy named Buster that's a bunny rabbit. Oh, yeah. This guy didn't come on in Hey. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if that came on in Canada. It's PBS. Anyway. <clears throat> detour. Slight detour there. <laughs> Okay. Well, it, it, the, you know, it could be an aardvark um, King relation. Arthur. Yeah. King uh, Abel Kirby says Arthur is an aardvark. Yeah, you're right. And that shows you how much <laughs> attention I paid when I was watching that show. But Buster was a bunny, right? Next time you, next, next thing you know, he's going to tell me yeah. like, and you know, Buster, he was like a freaking uh, sloth. Or he was an armadillo. Oh. I don't think oh. True. I don't even think aardvarks are a real animal. Fact check that one. <laughs> no, I think, he, I think he's right. I'm pretty sure he's right. As soon as he said that, I was like, yeah, probably. But he looks like a mouse on the show. He looks like a big mouse. He does look like a mouse on the show. <laughs> all, right. Uh, all right. Back to King Arthur. Or I guess we're, yeah. The theory of yes. how the Britons were defeated by the Anglo saxophones. Yes. Those saxophones. According to Keyes, the plague changed the political shape of Britain. 
At this time, Britain was divided in two. In the west lived the native Celtic Britons. The east was occupied by invaders from Europe, the Angles and Saxons. East and west had very little contact with each other. The Celtic Britons traded with the Roman world. The Anglo-Saxon peoples traded mainly with their former homelands of Germany and Scandinavia. It meant that the Celts, the native Britons, were far more exposed to the plague arriving from the Roman Empire. So by the time you come into the latter part of the century, the Celtic West and Centre have been have experienced a huge population reduction. There's a population vacuum. And so Anglo-Saxon peoples are able to move from the east, they're able to move west into partially empty lands. And uh, England was, was born. Keyes's theory is that England came about because the Anglo-Saxons were able to defeat the plague-stricken Britons. Yeah. I had to put a little saxophone music behind that. I like that. I'm <laughs> glad you did. I, I, It's been a while since I heard these clips, and I was like, was there a saxophone? <laughs> That's great. It kind of felt like it fit. It did fit. I love it. That's great. <laughs> Um, so who are the good guys, the Britons or the Anglo-Saxons? I'm sorry, the Anglo-Saxophones. Yeah, the Anglo-Saxophones, I, I think, were or people that came from, from like, Germany and, like, other other places. I need to know who the good and guys the and bad guys were. I want this to be simple, <laughs> damn it. There needs to be no well, gray areas. I need to know which team I'm rooting for. Oh, okay. Uh, probably, uh... Yeah, probably the uh, Anglo-Saxons, I would think. Yes, I think so. Yeah, probably, yeah. I, I mean, they have their own church. I mean, you're going to have to root for them anyway. It's like the C of E, you know, right? The Church of England. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, Kirby says, when Arthur's horny, is he, is he a hard vark? <laughs> uh, probably. <laughs> <laughs> what you doing over there? <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, the I have a few more clips. Um, uh, uh, yeah, you can just play clip clip twelve. I don't I don't think I need to set it up. One can see five three five as a watershed, where you see the the forces coming into play, which create um, such countries as England, uh, Spain, France, Japan. The United China. China? But I think Japan has been... I was waiting for the China a... button. I was like, yeah, I know he's going to say yeah. China. Yeah, he's definitely going to say China, but like, like Japan's been around way longer. Way longer than all that. Yeah, but Five. they get... They're out on... They're on in like an island, so they're not quite as isolated as Australia, but they can survive a little bit without being invaded because it's like, do we really want to go build all these boats. It's like cold out. We can't see the sun. We really want to like get on all these boats and get fleas and rats on the boats just so we can go over and take the rice. Like, eh. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so Japan was kind of lucked out on that. 
and their sushi. They want to they want to get their good sushi. Yeah. Which will be bad like two days into taking it out at sea. Yeah, especially with the 500 like I think before this this volcanic cuz Japan, China, like anything like in the like Thailand, they probably saw the worst of it because the eruption occurred at Krakatoa and that is in that is in the Indonesia peninsula. So they probably saw like the they probably had the darkest times. Maybe I don't know. I, I'm just guessing, uh, just geographically. Yeah, it makes sense. Because that uh, area, I wonder how... that area of the world Sorry. up in like northern Europe, it's kind of like Alaska already, where you're already having dark uh, winters, literally. Yes, absolutely. Literal dark winters. We all need to mask up. <laughs> oh, Joey B. <laughs> Uh, oh, that's great! Oh, I got two more clips, so uh, uh, you clip can play. Thirteen sticking semen in a dental dam—is that what it said? That you got it. You know it. This is all that is left today of the married Dan in Yemen, at the southern tip Yemen. of Arabia. Yemen. But at the beginning of the sixth century, Yemen was the region's greatest power. It depended on the married Dan, its greatest piece of engineering. The Marib was huge, 2,000 feet long, feeding into hundreds of miles of canals. But within a few years of the 535 catastrophe, climatic chaos hit Yemen. First drought, and then a succession of storms and flash floods, which weakened the dam. The constant attempts to repair the dam are recorded on contemporary inscriptions. What we're looking at is one of the great inscriptions that was put up on the uh, facade of the dam really commemorating the rebuilding in this, of, of the dam, the repair of the dam, in this case in the year 542. And it's, it's a long inscription describing all the various people who came and contributed to this. And we can pick out right in the centre here the cartouche, the symbol of the ruler of uh, the kingdom at that stage, one Abraha. And there are a whole series of these inscriptions. Uh, for about two or three hundred years, and then they stop, which is very indicative of exactly uh, what the Arabic sources are telling us, that there was a period when this dam was broken and was not repaired again. The Marib Dam was abandoned. Its ruin was also the ruin of Yemen. Its population migrated to a new regional power base which emerged in its place, around Medina and Mecca. Wow. Yeah, so they just had to up and up and move it. Yeah. That's um I don't know my mind I was just it's just kind of crazy like the amount with mm-hmm. what little they had like the amount of engineering they could accomplish back then. Yeah. That's yeah. I would give up pretty it- quick. Like, I have a hard time as it is. I guess it was cold and not so sunny, so you could be out longer. But trying to mm-hmm. move that whole irrigation system seems like, uh, yeah. Hi. Yeah. The- <laughs> oh, go ahead. Oh, it's it's the uh, the will of of uh, of humans and the will to survive. 
and yeah, yeah I mean you would just, you, your brain uh, adapts to your body. who was I heard somebody talking about it. God, I wish I could say who it was. So I guess I think it was on a podcast or maybe somebody I was talking to in person. I wish I could give him a shout out, but somebody was talking about how your brain will adapt, uh, like within even a month or two of you completely getting dropped off in like a war zone, even if you were like neurons will change in your brain and restructure to where you'll be able to, uh, Oh, it was, okay. I remember now it was Sir Paul, the book guy on uh bulls with butts. He's talking oh, nice. about the Stephen Fry podcast talking about the brain, about how it'll oh. like, if, if you do humans are ingenuitive enough, um, by nature to where, um, if you go, if you become in, um, get dropped into like extreme hard circumstances, your neurons will regrow pathways in different directions to make you uh, adaptable over a much shorter period of time to be able to survive in that environment. And the opposite is also true. Like you take somebody that's battle hardened and they all of a sudden are in like, you know, idiocracy land where the robots do everything for you. They'll probably just chill out and be lazy and those neurons will cease to exist in their brain. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I wonder if those neurons will, like, be, um, like, evolved out. I, I, rem I, it's funny you mentioned that, like, as soon as you were talking about that, it, it just clicked and clicked in my mind. I, I remember going camping, like canoe tripping. I think it was like a three day thing. And I just, I remember feeling my brain changing. And and thinking that, oh yeah, my brain my brain is trying putting putting myself in survival mode. Like mm. okay, well I'm I'm with these people, I'm in this place. Uh, where's food? How how do we get shelter? How do we clothe ourselves? Like really, just basic stuff. Basic stuff. Yeah. Not not that there wasn't any food or anything like that, but it's just. You your your brain just burner, goes and yeah. yeah, just your brain just goes immediately. Like, how are we gonna? How are we gonna eat? How are we gonna survive? My brain isn't fucking working. <laughs> I th I, and I think that's my earliest memory of actually feeling my brain do something. Like, actually, like, oh, this is weird. I could see it in my eyesight too. <laughs> oh, this uh. is like weird yeah it, like all these like we rewiring things and it'll, that's that's funny that you'd say that that that's wow. definitely what i experienced <laughs> i totally i forgot i had this fauci wow i said wow <laughs> <laughs> fauci. it's from when he was on with baldwin i think oh what's God. going on oh, oh yeah because i hear this i hear that saxophone in the background from Miles Davis. <laughs> all right oh god oh Yes. <laughs> Where we? Oh, what? Last, uh, last clip. You let's last set this clip. up. Get us back on track because yeah. I distracted us. Oh the, no, that's okay. So, so this this talk talks about um, uh, the the evil the I guess not. I don't know, like Muhammad of Islam, and and the rise. Yeah, the rise of Islam and and yeah, the Muslim religion in five thirty five. As a result of this disaster. In 570 AD, the Prophet Muhammad was born in Mecca. It's in precisely that Mecca, Medina area, uh, that Muhammad was based. 
And so it's really uh, the growth of Medina as an um, important political center that is so crucial in the early development of Islam. The climatic chaos had not only smashed the Marib Dam and shifted power to Medina, it also brought Muhammad's own family to prominence. The uh, Prophet's family, or the Prophet's ancestors, had um, taken it upon themselves, really, to provide food, to import food into this area and provide food for the population. And this was one of their claims to, to, to fame and to status. Muhammad's family's reputation for social concern helped his ministry take root in a time of drought, famine, and the plague which had spread from the Roman Empire. I think Muhammad's message was attractive because this was a period of upheaval and disturbance. One's got this whole apocalyptic atmosphere in the ancient world at that time. There's been war, uh, there's been a revolution. The Roman Empire, which had really dominated the political scene um, for, what, 800 years, appeared to be tottering. There is a lot of apocalyptic literature from this period. There are a lot of people saying, this is terrible, the world's coming to an end, how do we interpret these disasters, what are they a sign of, and so on. The political certainties of the world were collapsing around everybody's ears. Uh, nobody seemed sure of the future. Um, it was a, a very, very unsettled time to live. All these things uh, can be traced back uh, to an extent to the uh, climatic chaos caused by the eruption of 535, and they all feed into the early evolution of Islam. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah. Like, so... had, had this not occurred, I wonder if had this not occurred, would would uh, Islam, the, re the religion Islam, exist? Um, yeah, it's probably not. I mean, because there's, and there's so many things where it's like, if just one thing would have gone slightly differently, that yeah. chain reaction of events never would have happened. Yeah. Like, if... Uh, I mean, I... I yeah, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say that, I mean, you could say the same thing with, like, um, like the the events of, like, the what left, what caused Mary and Joseph to leave uh, Jerusalem or, you know, what, like, Buddha's life. Like, there's, and there's certain outside forces where it's like, yeah, that would have taken a whole completely different trajectory of just one or two, maybe just one thing went slightly differently. So, yeah, yeah. I'd say without that event, there would have, Islam might not exist, at least not in the way we know it today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, I'm sure, like five thirty-five, and then what they they said like five seventy-five, uh, like so you know twenty years or whatever darkness, and then like people are would want to find light and some some goodness in the world, and. And I'm sure you know, and and you got Muhammad saying the saying the right things at the right time to the to to the people. And and that's, that's what he was saying. <laughs> that's what he was saying. But Muhammad jihad. But I I just uh I I I thought this was such an interesting 
um thing it, as soon as i learned about this uh this tied up so many loose ends that i didn't understand yeah cuz i mean is <clears throat> that's a like fascinating like altogether too that thing you brought just cuz you you don't really consider uh how much the climate has an effect on culture yeah 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 that was a good presentation i hadn't yeah cuz i'd never yeah. Yeah, a lot of that's a lot of that was news to me. I seems it seemed like kind of familiar because mm-hmm. I probably, but the only reason is probably because I heard it on Hog Story a while back. But yeah, that was uh, <laughs> that's uh, I, I it makes me want to like start looking into this more because it is important to understand exactly. Going back to the D's, what disaster would mm-hmm. uh, like you know, it might is like what disaster made my life the way it is and shaped me, and what can I learn from that too. And my ancestors. Yeah. Oh, that's absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely incredible. (laughs) They did that for you. That's awesome. (laughs) I love you, Chris. (laughs) Okay. Um, I gotta. Fuck. Dirk Dirk Allah. <laughs> Dirka Dirka. Muhammad Jihad. Haka Sherpa Sherpa. <laughs> okay. Do we want to go to diarrhea or Oh, I've I've got some shorties in okay. my in my dairy folder. And okay. I think that will go well. With diarrhea. Because dairy and then diarrhea. I I think it would be a great uh, segue. Dairy. Diary. It doesn't work as well as diary. No, it doesn't work as as well, but uh, physically it might. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, um... I I found this, uh... I I I found this one usable clip from from this uh, segment from Business News, and they were talking about... Um, having animal-free di- uh, dairy, and uh, and uh, I I was just not not having it, but I thought it was interesting, so I what I they, wanted to bring. What do they do? Like, um, well, I guess I'll find out. I don't. Well, can I make a guess as to what how they would make animal? Yeah, dairy? no, no, make a guess. Yeah, I'm assuming that they would grow. Kind of like how they're engineering, like, lab-created meat. Could they engineer, like, cow udders or goat udders to basically be hooked up to a machine but still produce cow milk? Like, just grow the udder, like how you would grow an organ? Uh, no growing of organs. It, <laughs> it's it's way more sinister than that. Um, like, like uh, yeah, I'll, I'll just let the, let the clip play. Yeah. We're in our bioanalytics lab. This is one of the most important teams in the entire company. What we're doing is making sure that the protein doesn't have any other sort of behavior that we might not want. Okay, wait a minute. I'm already have questions. Mm-hmm. Behavior, like whether mm-hmm. what if what if the protein misbehaves? Are they going to ground it? You give it a spanking? Yeah, yeah, they're going to give it a spanking, and it's grounded, and it's it's not allowed out. It can't go to the prom. Where the what the what freaking dimension is this little creature from? I never heard of protein go. that could misbehave. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's it's got to be home by sundown <laughs> or else. Yeah. Power company. What we're doing is making sure that the protein doesn't have any other sort of behavior that we might not want. Oh my God. We're actually testing the, the functionality of the protein in actual chemistry. The protein comes oh, from a process chemistry. called precision fermentation. And everyone's familiar with fermentation, at least in the context of making beer or wine. Like you've got these little microflora and they're eating something like sugar and they're producing something of value for people. In this case, the thing of value is whey protein. And it's the exact same kind found in cows. But this version doesn't come from an animal. The DNA sequence for whey is available online. So scientists can just download it and they 3D print it Just using vials it. of synthetic nucleotides, Wait, the that? chemical compounds that form sorry, all genetic material. I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to pause that. Okay. Um, no, so you can just download whey and 3D print it? Like, if I got a 3D printer, could I just make beer from, from a computer? I guess if there is a three, if there is a model of that... What are of, they using like, as the base material for... the? They let's say they download the genetic sequence and it's some code. Yeah. Like they still need some base organic material to build it out of, right? I would I would I would think so. They did made it sound like they just don't even need anything. It's just like we just Yeah, it, does, it doesn't sound like they need anything. <laughs> yeah. I might be wrong. Yeah. It it just it Yeah, they and they in in this video that I was watching, like it just all the all the protein. Oh, it just came out like a one of those soft serve um, machines that would make a cone, and it's like, oh, this is weird. God, like Adam Conover's hair. Yeah, something yeah. Like sugar, and, and they're producing something of. Sorry. <laughs> oh, I yeah, thought it's... I thought you were. Yeah. Oh no no no. <laughs> okay, you want just, me to go ahead with a just... Yeah yeah. I, mis I misread the cue. That was my value. Oh, that's okay. In no this problem. case, the thing of value is whey protein, and it's the exact same kind found in cows. But this version doesn't come from an animal. The DNA sequence for whey is available online, so scientists can just download it, and they 3D print it using vials of synthetic nucleotides, oh, the chemical okay. compounds that waited. form all genetic material. It's then mixed with microflora like fungi, these microflora adopt the whey DNA and start to multiply. Next, they go into a fermentation tank full of sugar, vitamins, and minerals. And once you add some sugar, it's just that simple. They eat the sugar and convert it into the protein that we care about. After a couple of days, the protein is filtered out and dried. The science ends when you make the protein. And from there, it's an ingredient like any other that culinary experts are used to working with. This is where Perfect Day tests out new recipes. We started off in Ireland in the summer of 2014, where it was like just us using glass beakers and trying to do whatever we could, to having actual culinary experts who really know their art and science. Ice cream was the first product the company launched. Technicians combined the protein and powder with water, oil, sugar, and the desired flavor. Ice cream. They pour the liquid into the same machines that make regular ice cream, ice which means cream companies cone. that use the protein don't need any special equipment. The team is also experimenting with other uses for the protein, like this milk and ice cream that Hot creates the perfect foam layer for coffee, buns. something dairy alternatives have always struggled to mimic. Perfect Day doesn't sell products under its own name. Instead, it partners with a number of different brands, some of which the company owns, like this cream cheese, 
sold under the name Modern Kitchen. That's already available at a bagel shop just down the street. And ice cream. Yeah. I I think I think what what uh, like in this video I didn't clip it in this video um but I'll 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 send it to you so you can put it in the show notes. Okay. Um but the when they they talked to this uh this uh, bakery owner, I guess bagel shop or whatever it was. Uh and she's just talking about like how how some people would think that oh yeah, this is animal free. So there's like this, you know, this vegan um kind of uh element where it's like oh this is this must be vegan. It's like actually no it's not. It's it's the same uh types types of uh uh proteins that an actual animal would have rather than um but it doesn't actually come from an animal. So it's yeah, very Yeah, where, where is it coming from? That's what I don't still understand. I mean, I get that they I, have it, but yeah, yeah. It, it's Where just, are I, they getting the whey protein base? Because yeah, they, you, yeah. they get these nucleotides, are they getting them from, you know, they're probably getting them. I don't even know why I'm asking. They're, of course, they're getting them from fetal cell tissue, probably. That's probably where the where the printout is based Ugh. out of. Yeah. <laughs> it's so gross. <laughs> uh, it it was an interesting video. Yes, yeah, so the greenest people. It was an interesting video. I'll 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 send it to you and um you post yeah, like it in the show notes. Out. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure the visuals would would may or may not help. Maybe probably would help. Is there a lot of uh, ice cream visuals or do they just talk about ice cream for the last minute? Oh yeah, there's there's ice cream visuals of, ice of like cream and ice sci- cream. Of scientists like taking out like soft serve ice cream. And then, and then I have putting ice in a cream. Contain- I have cookies. I have candy. Five year old. <laughs> it's a, and they're not a, nearly as delightful of, as Alex Jones. <laughs> oh my god! They could never be as nice and delightful as Alex Jones. Yeah, he's a guy you'd want to get a beer with. I've been drinking beer. Yes, my brain isn't fucking working. <laughs> Uh, da- uh, okay, so you got two more dairy clips. How do you want to set these? I up? got two more dairy clips. Dairy. So this this was a guy from uh, Prince Edward Island, uh, sh- uh, Charlottetown, Prince Edward Island. Shout out to Prince Edward Island. Um, and uh, he's 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 doing a I would call it a mukbang review of Tim Hortons coffee. And he's enjoying a uh, a a double double, so that's your coffee, and then you put some sugar in it, and two shots of cream, and uh, clip one. He's uh, he's describing that. If you spilled that on somebody's tits, they'd be double 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 D's. Oh, true, true. <laughs> Hello, everyone. In this video, I'm going to be reviewing the Tim Hortons coffee, double double medium. So a little festive cup here. And Tim Hortons is known for the coffee, now known as Tim's. They go by Tim's, Tim Hortons, Tim even, with a new Justin Bieber collab. But their class, their coffee's kind of like a classic. A lot of people have strong opinions about the Tim Hortons coffee. Personally, myself, I'm more of a Starbucks or McDonald's coffee drinker, but yeah. I do like Tim Hortons as well. 
I got this as a double double. And for those of you that don't know what a double double is, it's just basically double sugar, what is double all cream. This stuff? Yeah. I can't yeah. believe you said he liked McDonald's coffee. You know what? Okay, so in in his defense, my, I believe the coffee in the United States from McDonald's is different than the one in Canada, because there is a brand there is a branding in, with McDonald's called Mick Cafe, and mm. it's like, and I, I it's designed to uh, uh, bring it. it Really, to to have a competition with with Tim Hortons and the hockey culture in Canada, is you're oh. you're out watching a hockey game, you're gonna want a coffee or hot chocolate, and that's just like you get hot drinks and stuff. So so McDonald's, they what I love about McDonald's coffee in Canada is that uh, the consistency, they mastered consistency. And that's why it, it's so successful. And they they took over the beans from Tim Hortons, so they are using their former beans. Uh, and I guess Tim Hortons is using a different um, uh, different beans. <laughs> that, was, uh, that was a stretch. I was going to say, can Canadians then reappropriate the term beaner? <laughs> Possibly. Yeah. Everybody knows that. that I mean, <laughs> but um, because I when I was in uh, when I was in L.A. years ago, and um, we went to uh, we went to a McDonald's uh, to get coffee, and it was just crap. It just sucked. And then I was like, we are going to Starbucks this time, all the time. And it might have been just the fact that we were in L.A. And that's just not where you get coffee. Um, I don't know. But, I just. Yeah. It, I don't think like unless it's like a pretty good coffee shop, like a mom and pop usually. Most of the, yeah. like I think the best one I've tried around here is Duncan's. And even that's not that good. I'd rather just make a cup at my myself and then put exactly mm-hmm. what I want in it. And it just always tastes better that way. Yeah. Yeah. My thermos yeah, it stays hot. Yeah. Or if I want to lit, put it in the fridge, then I can use it. I make iced coffee the next day. It's just way easier than oh. just spending five bucks at fucking Starbucks for subpar coffee. Mm. That's just my personal preference. No, that's fair. No, the like I, I guess out west it was it was definitely uh Starbucks was the way at that point and Oh, it's still even around McDonald's here, like there's not. certain crowds where if you don't have a Starbucks cup in your hand at least once in a while, you're like not cool. It's kind of crazy oh. how it's like oh. having an iPhone, like Starbucks and having an iPhone. I'm sure I'm not the first person to make that comparison, but it's that same type of like, this is what the cool kids do type of thing. Uh, McDonald's coffee, it, not not what the cool kids tend to do. McDonald's coffee hmm. is what the norm, like not the normies. What's the right word? The plebs. What, like the people oh, that, the plebs. The people that drink Starbucks and have iPhones look down the nose at the people that drink McDonald's coffee and have Androids. And what what's interesting about this, like, I mean, I, I grew up in Toronto, so, like, Tim Hortons, like, eventually, like, Tim Hortons started to suck, and just, like, it just, I guess it got too big for its britches, and it just was not tasty, and I could tell the beans were different, 
and and they just didn't care about brewing it. So I would go to McDonald's in Toronto. Now I've moved farther north up where they actually like I will go to Tim Hortons now and they're they actually can make a decent coffee from Tim Hortons, which is amazing. I I I don't know if I I can't speak for all Canadians here. Uh, that if that's you get out of the city center and Tim Hortons is decent. I mean, you don't want to piss off any truckers for sure. Oh, that's Wendy's? probably what. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, that's saucy. probably why their 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 uh, coffee's better. Yeah, because I mean, America runs on Duncan and Canada runs on Tim Hortons. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I didn't know Wendy's owned Tim Hortons. They do, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was a uh, that was about ten years ago, I think. Maybe, yeah, something like that. Dang Wendy's! I wish Denny's would have bought Tim Hortons. You know, that would be pretty badass. There's only one Denny's I know of in Canada, and that's in Niagara Falls. Which is basically America. It is basically America because you like you're. I mean, you're still paying Canadian dollars, but you're still paying this like tourist tax more or less. So everything's like inflated because it's like, oh, you're in Niagara Falls. It's gonna be this much money now. Oh God, I haven't been to Niagara Falls since I was like probably six years old. Even though I lived like an hour away from there most of my life, (laughs) first half of my life. Um. Okay, uh, Tim, last Tim Hortons coffee review here. Yeah, yeah. This, it, yes, is it really mukbang if it's coffee? I guess you could call it coffee mukbang, yeah. It's coffee mukbang because he was in his car uh, reviewing this coffee. I thought you have to do like a bunch really fast. Like, rah, 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 rah. He may have tapped on the, on, the, on the mug. I actually don't think I saw him tapping on it, so it might not have been a... Uh, a true mukbang, but I would say it's a mukbang because he's got his camera in his car and he's drinking it, and he got from the, from the uh, drive-through. Okay, coffee mukbang. This coffee double mukbang. double. I'm gonna give it. Mm, I'll take one more sip. Mm. In my yeah, Tim Hortons coffee, seven point five to an eight out of ten. It's pretty good. <laughs> It's pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> that's that's oh, nice. That's so funny. That's so funny. <laughs> uh, uh, man, I, the the only the thing that actually made me start caring about like people's food reviews on YouTube was that review bra guy, that kid that always wears like the really nice suits, and he'll like. <gasps> oh, sit, I know who you're talking about. Oh yeah. He'll like every time Taco Bell comes out with a new item, <laughs> he will do like a 20 minute dissection of it. Uh, it, he does such a great job. He's so funny. <laughs> he is so funny. <laughs> he did that little Caesars uh, Batman. One. <laughs> calzone, uh, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. the the Batman yeah, Calzone. <laughs> I just love how serious yeah. he takes it. He's like going to Taco Bell in like a freaking thousand dollar suit or something. It's just like very specific about the nacho cheese fries and what the cheese sauce tastes like and did they put enough in the cup this time <laughs> <laughs> comparing it to what CNN... it tasted like last year <laughs> that's epic it's so good Ugh. i i did actually see a video of him uh like on cnn 
It's pretty wild. Huh, recently? Uh, I think it was like five or six years ago or something like that. Which is pretty oh, neat. Oh, here you go. Should, it, should we play it? CNN Business, meet one of YouTube's oh, top yeah, fast food let's, reviewers? Yeah, let's do it. Take this quick tangent here. Cool. All right. CNN Business. Uh. It's going down, ladies and gentlemen. Whoa. Come here. Come here. Come here. Here we go. Today's review is for the Burger King... Bacon and cheese Whopper. It's an iconic sandwich, and uh, I've always wanted to try out the bacon variant. <laughs> I am a the of the week. I do food reviews <laughs> on YouTube. This is running on empty. Food review. Port of the yeah, week. I get a lot of fan art. I never would personally even think of half of this stuff in terms of YouTube popularity. It's like going into a field during a thunderstorm and waiting to get struck by lightning. Very small chance it'll happen, but it could. So the first review I ever did was for 5-Hour Energy in uh, pomegranate flavor. And I'll be rating them on three categories. Price, durability, and taste. You know, it wasn't the greatest thing ever to, to try, but, you know, it made for a, a memorable first review at least. At this point in time, I've made about 600 videos. Uh, from Taco Bell, I reviewed the Cheesy Core Burritos. There is no definitive boundary of where the cheesy core begins and where it ends. I also reviewed Hot the Triple Double Crunch Wrap and honey from bunch. McDonald's. I even went back and reviewed the Big Mac because I wasn't wasn't sure how many people have actually uh, tried that. Who knows? Uh, I, can, I did a comparison side-by-side -side review of Great Value Purified Drinking Water versus Great Value Spring Water. It is clear in color, odorless, with no carbonation. People might, might suggest, well, you should it. review steaks because it goes well with the suits and maybe the demeanor. But I always have to say, is every average American going to be eating a steak dinner every night? No. Fast food, though. Well, there's usually a McDonald's every half mile. It's extremely popular. And I thought to myself, I want to be applicable to the largest number of people. I'm going to review large fast food chains. Not the worst thing I've ever eaten. Um, not the best either. <laughs> the main competition I've got now is uh, from a channel called Joey's World Tour. Hi everyone, it's Joey Joey Super Cool. Oh god, I forgot about this rivalry. <laughs> I mean, people act like, you know, we're, we're arch enemies, you know, we're in some bitter war or something together. Really, he does his thing. One, two, three, go! I do mine. The suit's great. I figured I'd wear my black suit today with my extra spiffy bow tie. We stay confined <laughs> to our region. You know, he's West Coast, I'm East Coast. We're able to manage, at least we're able to coexist for now, and I hope it stays that way. Because the suits that I wear are in an older style, they're not really fashionable today. And that's a great thing, because I like these older styles, and as a result, you can get them a lot cheaper than if these styles were actually popular. I always see people saying, you know, I want to dress nice, I want to wear this, but I'm scared to, I, I don't want to. Well, I thought, you know, perhaps I have the same apprehension, perhaps I have the same fear, but I'm just going to go out and do it, and if it makes me happy, it makes me happy, and that's just what I'm going to do. Wow, that was the most wholesome CNN report I think I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. And they were never wholesome ever again. Yeah. Uh, first and last time. Thanks, Cedan. Okay. Abel Kirby, that's right. It's like Biggie and Tupac, East <laughs> yeah. and West. 
Yeah. <laughs> Joey versus Report of the Week. Yeah. Um, okay. I have probably more than we're going to be able to get to. Uh, okay. Okay. Where's my dingus? Um. Well, maybe not. I mean, we can plow through these real quick. You want okay. donuts, diarrhea, or dick? Mm. And dick is I a person, not a penis. Ah, I see. Okay. I wonder who this dick person is. Okay. All right. Well, he... Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of this guy. I wanted to okay. reintroduce some... Um, it's a little. It's probably gauche or taboo, bringing an a, like two or three old clips from an old episode you did. But yeah, I wanted to give some some dick. So I need to grab a beer because I've been out of beer for a hot minute. I'm gonna play Dick Masterson on Doctor Phil. Okay. And I'll be back with a beer while that's going. Okay. This is Dick Masterson podcast. He's he, he's uh that Larry show and who are these podcasts? He's in that crowd. Oh, okay. There's nothing more liberating and freeing to so a this woman. Is, this is the intro to him entering the, uh, right before he comes on set for the Dr. Phil show. Like, they have his intro that they filmed with him before he comes out on stage on at the Dr. Phil, like, set. It's, this is, uh, God, I don't know when how long ago this was, a while back. There's nothing more liberating and freeing to a woman than chauvinism. A woman has no responsibilities because I don't expect her to get anything right. All women are whores. They trade sex for money, they trade sex for cars. How is prostitution illegal? Oh. But alimony isn't. They're basically the same thing. Okay. You're paying for the whore to cool. leave. A penny right. saved is a woman fired. Women make horrible employees. Women should not be allowed to vote. It's ridiculous. A woman president would be a disaster. Women know <laughs> in their hearts that women cannot make decisions. A woman would never vote for Hillary Clinton. She embarrasses herself by not pleasing her man, essentially. And women know it. Well, women are only good for having kids. Uh, unfortunately, they're not very good at raising them. Hitler was raised oh by a single God. mother. <laughs> men have created everything you see in the world. Men invented electricity. Men invented cures for diseases. Every brick you see is there because a man put it there. The only thing women really do with their time is spend men's money. Men, this is what you look like to a woman. This is all they're after. But women can't do math. They can't be organized. Can't lead a company. They can't take risks. They can't drive for crap. You can't blame women for what they do wrong in the same way that you can't blame a dog for what it does wrong. It's your fault for not training it properly. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> and then he walks out onto the set of Dr. Phil and everybody's booing. The booing sounds distinctly high-pitched. You think? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of men that agree with me, I think, that I didn't hear from. <laughs> And by the way, he's not an actor. I know that this okay. is so outrageous that you would think, okay, he's a plant here to typify. Dick has like really long hair, like long, like mm -hmm. maybe longer than mine. But he, for this, he shaved his head and grew his mustache out to just look and dress exactly like Dr. Phil. Oh. <laughs> the really ridiculous. But your whole life is centered around. You even have a website, menarebetterthanwomen.com. I have a website, menarebetterthanwomen.com. I educate uh, thousands of new men daily to the new art of men. chauvinism. Do you agree Wait that you're judgmental? I don't know what he meant by that. Wait a second. I never caught that. What did he mean about new men? Oh, oh maybe. Oh, are you oh. a new man? <laughs> Check like, this out. Like someone who transitioned. I yeah. I 
<laughs> I'm assuming he means like thousands more come, like thousands new ones keep coming to the <laughs> website to be educated. Oh, new to new to his uh, new to gospel. Chauvinism. Yes, new to his chauvinism. To his <laughs> ah, I see. <laughs> oh, dude, the troll. The yeah. Oh, anyway, was, I'll, I'll get to why this is so amazing to me. But I mean, it's already pretty amazing. Sure, I think everyone is. Yeah, and because uh, we asked you uh, several questions, you said if you see a woman driving an expensive car, she's owned. She's owned she's by somebody. Paid for. Absolutely. And it's what do you mean when you say lesbians are faking he, it? I think he's kind of yeah, jealous. Uh, all women. I'm gonna be honest <laughs> about what? I th- I think he's think jealous, jealous that or that Dick's jealous? that Dick's jealous of of women who are driving like these expensive cars, and you know their husbands are like. Oh yeah, Carolyn, you can drive this, uh, you know, Mercedes and stuff like that. It's like, okay, let's do it. And um, and I do he's like what totally he said about jealous. It being a leash, though. Yeah, <laughs> that it functions as a leash. It's he's kind of right about that. But yeah, I mean, obviously, he's like he's playing a hyperbolic character, and it's weird that Doctor Phil's like this man is not an actor because he's clearly trolling. Um, yeah. Now, when you troll, like I do the same thing. Like I'll way over exaggerate my opinions on something to where it becomes completely absurd, and that's what he's doing here. But uh, there's some gold that came out of this for sure. Oh, oh uh, yeah. Oh no, I'm, I'm I'm sure there is. I I just I just think he 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 wants that life, mm. and there's nothing wrong with it. I I just think he just wants that life. Not that's okay. She's owned She's by somebody. Paid for. Absolutely. And it's what do you mean when you say lesbians are faking it? Yeah, uh, <laughs> all women are lesbians. They do oh it God. to get attention. Oh the, my God. the act of sex cannot exist without a man. What did you say? Um, yes, ma'am. Stand up right here. So okay. This lady gets all pissed. There's, they're taking questions, and this, this lady gets ridiculous. this lady gets all pissed off. Um, have you ever heard his podcast, The Dick Show? No, I haven't. It's, it's very funny. If you like Tim Dillon, it's like the uh, very similar type of uh, vibe. Oh, nice. Hey, who's this directed to? The gentleman in the glasses that hates women. I want to know if he ever had a date. I hold or on. Or if he's ever been with anybody. I don't hate women. Now, oh. I'm sure you have multiple blouses and multiple pairs of pants at home, but you chose these <laughs> because they were your favorite. They were better than the others. That doesn't mean you hate the ones you didn't wear. I don't hate women. Men what does just, that have to do with having a date? Men are better than women. Yes. That's not my answer my question. And and take sure, those stupid glasses off. I'm sure Show Dr. Phil can back me up on this. Show us how you look. Women line up to date guys like me, and you've had them all on your show. I don't see any women lined up at all. I don't see any women lined up to you, and I would definitely be at the end of that line. Well, if you hit the treadmill a little more, you'd be at the front. What was that? I didn't hear you because I'm sure it was something okay. stupid, and I'm glad I didn't hear you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah I'm, <laughs> glad. I'm glad you didn't hear it either. Uh, what was funny about what she said is like the. Um, <laughs> it's funny what she said is. Uh, I would be at the back of that line, implying that she'd still be in line to date him. She would still be in line. I'd be at the back yeah. of that line. <laughs> I'd be in the back of that line. I want to. <laughs> So she she so she's into the sloppy seconds, yeah. thirds, fourths, fifths, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I think there is a phenomenon where uh, women <laughs> are generally not attracted to 
and you, I, you're as a woman, you could probably tell me if I'm right or wrong about this. Women are not yeah. attracted to male feminists. They are more likely to be attracted to like misogynistic assholes. Um, in general, not always. In general, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. especially um, because there's this an alternate. This I see an ulterior motive. Yeah, that is slimy. that is like it's slimy. It's like you know, at least at least with this this guy. It's like I already know what he hates and I already know what he likes, but I already know what he hates. Yeah. And that's easy. I can deal with that. I can figure that one out. But but buddy who's all quiet and like, "Oh, I love feminists and stuff and I'm for your reproductive rights." It's beyond that. Bah, they bah, bah, call bah, bah. it's when they call themselves a feminist. That's when it's really hilarious. Oh, and that oh, uh, by the way, I'm a feminist. I come from a country <laughs> where our prime minister is a feminist. <laughs> Ergo, I know already that uh, there is an God. ulterior motive. Right. Like, and it doesn't work on me because I already heard it. I already saw it. It's happening. Yeah, it's the yeah. <laughs> well, I did not label these clips because I'm a dumbass. But uh, there should be at least two here where we're talking about like kind of the backstory of the the um. But His not Dr. generally. Not not that I'm saying that uh, that I don't like people that are there. I don't want to be with a dick, a jerk face. You know, I'm oh, not saying that. Name. You almost said his name, Dick. D dick face, jerk face, <laughs> vag jerk uh, face. He's a sweet. Maybe I can call. He probably. You know what? He probably is, and he's just pretending he's not <laughs> for the cameras. Yeah, that means yep. there was a lot of that. But um, yeah. I, yeah, no, you should I'm check. I'll put his show in the show notes because it's it's um, <laughs> I think it's it's Tim Dillon tier uh, content. He is so funny. Oh, but, uh, <laughs> here we, it's, uh, I didn't I didn't label these, but this is a uh, clip one from when he was on. Uh, yeah, I don't even know why you're allowed to say Alex Jones's name anymore. Like, that's the future that let's be honest, that's the future that Vito wants is you're not allowed to talk about Alex Jones. You're not allowed to think about Alex Jones. Uh, they want him deleted from our hearts and minds. It's just so obvious. It's so obvious. Like, oh, I don't want people clapping about Alex Jones. Like, why? Everyone loves him. Like, oh, he said, he said something about Sandy Hook kids. Like, I, who fucking, who cares? Like, I, conservatives conservatives have this this trap that they always get themselves into where they have to pretend like they care about things. Like, Sandy Hook, school shooting, abort, like, anything bad happens to anybody, and then conservatives are like, oh, God, well, I, I have to care about that. No, here's here's how you defeat that. Oh, Alex Jones said something about Sandy Hook. I don't care. I don't care about kids. I don't care what kids, I don't care about kids. You want, you want to stop school shootings? Stop sending kids to school. There. Done. I don't care if they can read. I don't care if they can do math. I don't care if they work in a fucking coal mine. I don't fucking care. Get get back to work. Keep building my phones. Build me my next phone, you little prick. Shut and shut the fuck up. That's that's the attitude to have towards kids. Um. Anyway, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I left that in. I gave him a clap. I said thank you. Oh, Blueberry points out I have an ISO of him that I don't use enough. Uh, those, oh, you do? Get the. Oh, okay. I wonder where that is. It's probably under D for dick. <laughs> I surprisingly have a very few amount of D ISOs. I have Darren oh, O, okay. I have yeah. Dale Gribble, and I have one yeah. Dick Masterson ISO. Mm. 
Get what? those fucking babies vaccinated. I am at risk. <laughs> uh, okay. This is hopefully I yeah, I should have labeled these better. I think this is where we start talking about um the behind the scenes of that Dr. Phil appearance, which was the fun I've not I don't think I've ever laughed on an episode this hard. And so mm -hmm. I apologize for the laughter that I could not get out where I am cackling like a hyena in a little bit of this. Okay, so Dick. <laughs> okay. I had always seen I did some homework for this episode. I had always seen the memes and the clips of you on Dr. Phil. I had no idea until yesterday that you fucking spent a week in a house with these motherfuckers. Yeah, uh, those cl those clips didn't make it. I I really wish we had like um, all the all the footage from that because it's five straight days of crazy house with those crazy people going on these boat rides and these stupid <laughs> team building activities. <laughs> I did pull, I pulled two clips from the show. I watched every episode. I pulled two clips from the show. Dick okay. is yeah. just one of the sweetest guys. I just thought this was funny because, like, apparently you were just a sweetheart. Dick is just <laughs> one of the sweetest guys. This, this, uh, yeah. Sorry, this plays during the this plays during the end credits of the last episode <laughs> of the when you're at the house. Yeah. Dick is just one of the sweetest guys. Yeah. He wants to say that he still feels the same as when he first got here, but I can see that he's changed. I think Dick is afraid to admit that he um, has a kind heart. <laughs> I mean, again, again, I want to do the whole thing again. Look, yes, I'm the sweetest person in the fucking world. Women are retarded. That's what are you guys not getting about this? <laughs> you're all watching this goddamn show. You're all watching this fucking show like it's Sigmund Fro like you're like he's like Dr. Phil is not just doing Mad Libs of country bumpkin horse shit. <laughs> Oh my god, this dude kills me. Um, he is he's based out of LA. Um, he is definitely pretty no agenda brain as far as yeah. uh, his politics and stuff go. Um, he's definitely a little, I mean, a little more flamboyant and outrageous than uh, he's, I mean, he's very much similar to like a Carl, uh, Carl with a K from WATP, except. I guess you can tell Carl I said this. I think he's way funnier than Carl, but they do a lot of shows together and stuff. And um, uh -huh. but he he was the guy that uh, I first heard about him from Larry a couple years back because Dick Masterson had tried to start his own version of Patreon after, uh, but then um, and he even used his own bank and then Mastercard canceled him and and has banned him for the from using Mastercard as a merchant because of his politics. Oh wow! Yeah. Damn. You know, you know, it's funny. I watched. Okay, so when we watched all the Doctor Phil episodes that you were on, I watched them like the last over the last two days with my wife. Oh my god! I hadn't seen. Yeah. And and she she is nine months pregnant, baby coming out anytime, and she agreed with most of what you said. Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, 
I, love I think that. a pregnant woman would agree more than anybody. <laughs> women who have a man want want their men to hate all other women. <laughs> yeah, get these bitches away from my man. Are you fucking kidding? You're goddamn right, honey. Women are fucking horrible. Yeah. Now, let's yeah. go have our kid together and keep hating women for, by all means. Uh, it's just the, like, what kind of woman, what kind of woman would not want a raving misogynist as a husband? Like, yeah, aren't you worried that your man will meet another woman at work? No, he actually hates women. So he does. He tries to be around them as little as fucking possible. It's great. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I, I, I just love. I love the way this guy could rant, and I couldn't clip it because it was like a five minute story. But he tells this story about how when they're driving in the limo on the way to Doctor Phil House, and they're interviewing him about his chauvinism. The limo starts driving crazier and crazier and taking turns until the limo. This black lady gets out of the limo and. Uh, Mint Salad actually made the episode art uh, for that episode with, with me, I guess, as the black lady throwing Dick's stuff onto the yard because this lady just grabbed all his luggage, threw it out on the road, and drove off. And uh, the producer <laughs> the producer of the Dr. Phil show looked at Dick after the camera stopped rolling. He's like, that was the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen, but this footage will <laughs> never make it onto the show. <laughs> it's like a way more in-depth, that's the nutshell version of it, but... Oh god. I want to just confirm my suspicion on this clip here. Yeah. I'm a Well, I'll ask you after the clip is over. My philosophy before I came into the Dr. Phil house is oh that god. men are better than women. Now I couldn't agree with myself more just because <laughs> what I said sounds harsh doesn't mean necessarily that actions based on it are. As I predicted, nice. you really don't have a change that you intend to make yeah, this is pretty you. much a marketing thing for you i can't say that it's not a marketing thing but i did come into this with an open attitude and everything i say about women has come true in this house yeah when dr phil challenged my motives for being here that left an impression with me because it appeared to me like he didn't respect my reasons for being here and a man like dr phil it's important to have their respect <laughs> okay please please tell me That's that good. was a troll Yes, of course. I mean, people, honestly, people, people really. I mean, like Dr. Phil, it's important to have the respect of all the episodes. That was the line that made me laugh the hardest. That was funnier than the fucking treadmill line. Like a man like Dr. Phil, it's important to have their respect. That's how you get it on TV. Bro, exactly. Do you know how fucking, exactly. That's exactly how you get it on TV. You know how fucking good it feels to lie to 65 million people, like, right to their face? It's so fucking good. Oh, yeah. It's real. It's so important that Dr. Phil gets your respect. And he has to And he has to sit there. Dr. Phil has to sit there and nod at that, even though he knows mm -hmm. you're being an asshole. He, he fucking knows. He knew the whole time when I would say shit like that that I was fucking with him. And he has to sit there and go... Yeah, I can't say anything because what you're saying, these morons think you're being honest and they agree with you. Like, you've walked, you're now in the idiot. You're talking idiot just like me. And you're doing it better than me. And I fucking am seething with rage sitting here across from you in a chair that's, uh, that's bolstered by a fucking piece of plywood so I don't sink into it so I look like the dad here. Uh, yes, of course it's a fucking troll! <laughs> Uh, I love that. I love that, man. The more I listen to the show, the more great. I love that guy. So, yeah, Dick, that's um, that's my that's my D, uh, my one of my. I think it's the first person. Is it the first person that we brought? As, I as think a yeah, that's the first person. Is that a rule yeah. violation? No, I don't think so. I was thinking of bringing up Dave 
Dave's or David's? David. Like like David Lynch. Classic. Oh, just the name itself. Bring David yeah, the, the name. name it's, yeah, David oh, the name. Good. Okay, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we'll do that with. Uh, uh, why, can I, why can I? Yeah. I, why can I not think of a single Frank? <laughs> Frank's a name that starts with F. I was like, maybe there's Frank. not a name that starts with F for a second there. <laughs> it's like, okay. Fernando. Fernando. Yeah. Uh, and on yeah. demand. You were and... like the. You were like the original Catch Me Outside girl. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> that's a good. That's a way to yeah, put it. That's it. So now he has to be on uh, OnlyFans. OnlyFans.com/slash/dick. Yeah. Oh uh, well. Yeah. You maybe you can tell him that. I love. Ask that. him if he started his OnlyFans. Carolyn wants to know. Oh. And then okay. he'll ask who who is this who is this retard Carolyn. <laughs> Carolyn's not a man. I don't want to talk to him. I don't want to fucking talk to her, stupid woman. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, diarrhea or donuts? I think we got to go to diarrhea. All right. Hot pockets and honey buns. It's um some time. What causes diarrhea? Intense love for restrooms. <laughs> Diarrhea is a condition in which we frequently pass loose, watery stool. By the way, I, ha- I haven't watched this whole thing, and I doubt we'll get through it, because I made it a minute and a half in, and I wanted to shoot whoever voices this children's... Oh, okay, page. okay. I hate... Whoever does the voice acting for this, like, they put them in the concentration camps next round, whenever that next one starts <laughs> up. Fools. Let's see some causes of diarrhea. Hmm. Firstly, during digestion, bile acid produced by the liver is absorbed by the small intestine. Ooh, However, in a condition called bile acid malabsorption, the bile is not absorbed. Of bile. Hence, the bile enters the large intestine and begins to irritate its lining. This stimulates the release of water and salts, thus producing watery stool. Secondly, the function of our large intestine is to contract and push the undigested food and absorb excess water. However, in a disorder called irritable bowel syndrome, the large intestine doesn't contract normally. It pushes the food too fast, affecting the absorption of water, thus leading to diarrhea. Lastly, a harmful parasite called Giardia also interrupts the process of absorption of water in our intestines, causing diarrhea. Uh, how much what causes this, heartburn? How much more of this can you take? Not much. <laughs> Carolyn's dead. The video killer was that bad. Maybe she's muted. Well, we'll keep going. This will keep going. Uh, more diarrhea news, everybody. Carolyn! Eh, sorry. Oh, <laughs> I thought you were muted, maybe. I, no, I, um, I had to run the, I, I had Yeah, pee. diarrhea. <laughs> no, I had, yeah, I had diarrhea. <laughs> I knew it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Anyways, no, I was yeah, the, I was I was just asking if you were done with this video because I was pretty done with it. So we'll be back. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was it was pretty. Yeah, it was pretty out there. Okay, hold on. Where does it hurt? It, it was like magic school. My stomach. You know what this is, right? The Japanese language uh, course. <laughs> English teacher, English I'm not sure if this is real, but this was definitely like all over the internet and presented as real back in the day. I have a bad case of diarrhea. I think it's real. I think this is a real oh. My stomach. <laughs> this guy's face it's, he's looking at her like are you gonna be okay <laughs> do, you, wait, do you really have this... diarrhea we're supposed to be just doing like we're acting remember <laughs> do you remember she me. looks like she's for real having diarrhea in Japanese Oh, and now, and now it's the chicken dance. Uh, we're at the aerobics. Yeah, I have a bad case of diarrhea. <laughs> it's just to help you remember how to say it. <laughs> <laughs> that's just—I don't know if that's real or not. Um, oh, that's oh, great. Okay, here, here's another quickie. I think that's all my diarrhea news. Oh, <laughs> here's a here's a video of a hippo having explosive diarrhea. Um, <laughs> see how chubby you are. <laughs> oh. Holy crap. You are huge. <laughs> wow. What do you do with another bite, don't you? He hasn't diarrhea yet. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's what that is, actually. Yeah, yeah they're, they're well fed. <laughs> Just waddling around. He's hippopotamus. They're like dinosaurs. They're so stupid. Yeah, so that's what her too. That's what that guy said. He said he'd rather meet up with anything than a hippo. Because they can run fast. It's hard to believe that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to find out though. <laughs> yeah, I got that on video. <laughs> That's some diarrhea right there. That 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 it is. Oh yeah. Right. Uh, I think this is my last D because I was gonna bring the doors, the band, and a couple other D's, but I think we I think we um. Oh well, let's do this one and we'll wrap with Dingleberry because we never got to Dingleberry. Oh yeah. Okay. And we did tease that. We did. We did. We'll finish on to Dingleberries. Okay. It isn't termites. It isn't mice. 
It's Atari's Dig Dug, the earth-shattering arcade game. Dig Dug digs his own mazes. He digs for balloon men. He digs for dragons. And now he's digging his way into homes everywhere. Dig Dug is under this world. That's the best, in my opinion, Dig Dug. Double D. Double D. Dig Dug. (laughs) It's better than Galaga. It's way better than Pac-Man. It's better than Millipede. Dig Dug was the shit for its era. Dig Dug. What do you think? I mean, Galaga's a close second, in my opinion, but Dig Dug was the shit. You go, you get the little air pump, you go pop, 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 and you pop them. Oh, I see Dig Dug. Okay. You've played Dig Dug, I don't right? think I've ever... No, I haven't. Oh, you, well, you played Galaga? Uh, Galaga? Galaga. You like the spaceship, and you... It's like a... You know, it's all 80s-style arcade games, like Pac-Man era. Oh. I think I may have played this one. Galaga. Yeah, Dig Dug's the shit. Not... Yeah. That looks cool. Yeah. I mean I guess you you kind of, I mean it was it came out before I was born, obviously, but I, like growing up playing those games, like Dig Dug was always my favorite. Dig Dug was awesome. It's way better than fucking Frogger, I'll tell you that. Fucking yeah, pro- yeah, it looks better than Frogger for sure. Yeah. Uh well yeah. That's all, that's all I got on Dig Dug. Let's let's wrap with the Dingleberry. Stuff. Yeah, Dingleberry. This is a video entitled Dingleberry. How to say Dingleberry? <laughs> okay. By Emma Sane. Dingleberry she gives you pronunciations, and I, I'm not playing it over and over. This is just the whole video. How to say Dingleberry, and she says Dingleberry like ten times. Oh, so it's kind of weird. Dingleberry. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but. Um, do you want to cold read that uh, Dingleberry article, or we can we can shift it out since it's a you send it to me. I think. Oh wait, no, I have it still. Oh, I have oh, it. you have it still. Okay, I should just gotta scroll back here in the timeline. Uh, should I have that pulled up before? Well, in the meantime, oh, I can. Looking, I just send it to you. That, I, let me. Well, a little piece of poop that you missed while wiping gets tangled up in your butt hair. You try to pull it out, but it hurts too bad. So you just leave it there. Dingle, 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 dingle berries. Dingle, 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 dingle berries. Dingle, 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 dingle You struggle with soap and water in the shower, but the dingleberry won't behave. And that means it's time to get out the razor. Oh, that's right, your butt needs a shave. Dingle, 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 dingle berries. Dingle, 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 dingle berries. Dingle, 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 dingle. When the human race is more evolved, all of our poopy problems will be solved. We've got to rearrange our DNA so all that butt hair goes away. All right, that was <laughs> the Toilet Bowl Cleaners with their hit single, Dingleberry. <laughs> um, I, I, no, no Agenda Social does that thing where it won't let you scroll very far back in your notifications, I guess, to save on uh, Oh, I, uh, se- I sent it to you in the back channel. Oh, in the back channel. Of uh, IRC. 
Oh, IRC that right there. Yes, yes. Nice. Ah, yes. Um. Hmm. There we go. Wait, what is it? Are you getting this thing where it's like a security suite extension? Mm, no. And continue. It might be your browser. I'm not sure. Yes. I'm... Perhaps it might be. I. Uh... Yeah. Okay. Start reading it while I try to download this extension to Chrome so I can read this article. Okay. Oh. Oh. What is a dingleberry on a human? This question our experts keep getting from time to time. Now, we have got the complete detailed explanation and answer for everyone who is interested. How do you get rid of dingleberries? Comb, clip, or cut? Put on latex gloves and try to comb it out. Clip or cut out the dingleberry. Slide a comb beneath the knot to guard the skin so that you don't nick it. Once the dingleberry is history, then bathe your dog, avoiding wetting the area first, as this makes m removal much harder. What causes dingle? What causes dingleberry? But dingle. But dingleberries result from not properly grooming your dog's dairy air. Tummy problems. <laughs> Wait a minute, okay. is it saying is it implying that dogs get dingleberries but humans don't? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It shows how much they know. Tomahawkchurch.org. Tummy troubles could also be the culprit. There's no way to say this, but the looser the stools, the more likely this will happen. In other words, long hair plus tummy troubles equals the perfect environment for duty butt. Well, that's another if, if deep word. It's a duty do, butt. Do, 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 do butt. Now, if it's straight up <laughs> diarrhea, it's not going to get. There's not going to be anything solid enough to latch onto those hairs. So you'd have to. It'd have to be. Um, it would have to be soft serve level. That's where that's primed because then it kind of dries and hardens. Yeah. It's, it's straight yeah. diarrhea. It ain't clinging on to nothing. That's going straight down the down down like a bucket of water. Yeah, yeah. Where do dingleberries? <laughs> oh wait, where are we at? Oh, <laughs> uh, why does toilet paper leave bits? Dingleberry blues. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Toxic kitty litter. Vulvenge. Ugh. Vulvovaginitis can come from other unrelated bacterial, viral, ye or yeast infections, or from contact irritation with irritation with irritants, irritation from irritants. That's kind of redundant, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Contact irritation from irritants and allergens, <laughs> such as chemicals <laughs> in your toilet chemicals in your toilet paper. Oh dear! So the toilet they're, paper is pure. I don't like pure. chemicals in the toilet paper to turn the freaking dingleberries gay. <laughs> This is where those linty leave linty leave behinds matter. Did like a did like a blind Korean man write this article? <laughs> I know. Where do dingleberries grow? Actual dingleberries. <laughs> Vaccinium erythrocarpium. Tum. 
are native to the southeastern United States. <laughs> Why does my dog always have a poopy bum? There's one part of living with a long-haired dog that is less than pleasant, and that's the poopy butt. This occurs when your dog's poop <laughs> gets caught in its hair and doesn't fall to the ground properly when he defecates. The result is that you have a daily cleanup job and you that you definitely rather do without. How do you keep a dog's butt clean? Five ways to manage poop butt. It went from poopy, dogs. It went from poopy butt <laughs> back to poop butt now. Yeah. <laughs> What's the correct medical term? Tomahawk church. Yeah, we want to. Is it poopy butt yeah. or poop butt? We need to know. <laughs> so, uh, neatly trimmed uh, hair, uh, high quality, high fiber diet, consult your vet, uh, keep wipes handy t- for quick cleanup, use waterless shampoo between baths. All right. What, if I, what does why would consult my vet be number three? It should either be the yeah. first thing you do or the last thing you do when everything doesn't work, but they put it right in the middle there. They just want to it's like make it's like, make sure you're you know are you on track with with this dog's poopy yeah. butt? Like, it's like I don't want to go to the pay for the vet. That's why I'm on this weird website looking for how to deal with doo doo butt dingleberries. <laughs> What does your a uh, daisy if you what wait hold on what, <laughs> what the hell does that say what does your a daisy if you do mean holy shit <laughs> I read it the way that it you says. read it correctly yeah I read it correctly and that's what what simply does your daisy your daisy Simply put, Daisy means the best or most marvelous, kind of similar to saying that something is the cream of the crop. Wait, what? Is this a real like saying that people say that? I I've never heard of that saying. Yeah. I don't think it's a saying. And I and what think... does it have to do with dingleberries? Yeah, uh, I. Th- I think this is uh, we may I may have stumbled, and this is my fault, by the way. Um, I, we I may have stumbled upon the ravings of a madman yeah. from TomahawkChurch.org. Shout out to TomahawkChurch.org. Oh, um, wow. What does Doc's wait? Why does Doc say I'll be your Huckleberry? The night. <laughs> <What> the, <hell? laughs> the night. <laughs> The knight would <laughs> wait a minute. The knight would ride into battle with garland draped over his face. Being then a southern gentleman, Doc would have known this bit of meat of the lore. But since the South glorified knights in chivalry, that wasn't a complete sentence. So when so when he's saying, <laughs> "I'll be your Huckleberry," he could be offering to act as Wyatt Earp's champion. Earp's champion. And of course, that leads into the next logical question everyone should be asking: Are dingleberries edible? A gracious flowering plant in the Guinness, I'm not even going to pronounce that, a dark blue edible berry with a white bloom and its shrub, Leicestan frondosa, closely aligned to the common huckleberry. So they're tying in dingleberries with huckleberry fin or something. Ah, yes. And knights and southern gentlemen, I guess. Mm. The bush is also called blue tangle and is found... From New England to Kentucky and southward. 
Is dude a slang word? (laughs) Dude is a slang greeting term between men, meaning guy or man. For example, dude, so like, what's up? It's been popularized by movies and TV shows and has a distinctive whiff on American West. How did you find this? (laughs) I looked up Dingleberry and then this came up and then I scrolled down and I was like, oh, we have to talk about this. This is, I've never seen anything like this. Like, I'm starting to think that this has to be somebody just trolling. It has to be. Or like somebody legitimately insane. Yeah, someone like certifiably crazy yeah yeah it's like oh i'm gonna make this web page oh everybody's gotta know about dingleberries (laughs) for Uh for example dude so like what's up it's been popularized by movies and tv shows and has a distinctive whiff of american west coast hippie culture to it all right you want to get the (laughs) next (laughs) yes uh, what is a dingleberry dingleberry maker no no oh a dillberry we're oh, sorry, dillberry. Ah, ah, now we're on a new type of berry. Uh, what is a dillberry? Dillberry maker, meaning a stupid or foolish person. Dillberry. Oh, okay. Should you wipe your dog's <laughs> bum? A dog's bottom contains <laughs> anal glands that release stinky secretions. <laughs> These secretions help it to mark its territory. Although your dog normally does not have to wipe, sometimes you may have to wipe for him. Fecal matter may get stuck to a dog's fur and cause irritation and poor hygiene. That makes sense. Can you pull poop out of your dog? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> well, you there's the three shells. There's the seashells. Um, If there is a thread or string in the anus, wait, what? (laughs) Do not try to pull it out as internal damage could be the result. If you have a long-haired dog, there are feces matted around the anus. (laughs) Carefully trim the area with scissors. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, can you use baby wipes on dogs? Okay, we're now starting it, to get back into like rational questions. Again. Rational thinking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you run out of dog wipes, which I didn't know you could have dog wipes, you may be tempted to use baby wipes or other human wipes to clean your dog. However, this is this isn't advisable for a few reasons. First, the pH of a human skin and dog skin is different says Dr. McCarthy, so human wipes may cause irritation, dryness, itchy on your dog. Dr. McCarthy, totally a real doctor. Totally a real real doctor. I mean, it sounds like a legit doctor, so. No first name, Dude, though. No His first name, though. It's not even a doctor. His first name is Doctor. <laughs> first name is Doctor. Last that, name that's McCarthy. all you need to know. <laughs> <laughs> do dingleberries grow dear desi dingleberries grow on your butt and they can grow in any climate and location they are a hardy variety who the hell is desi desi Arnaz <laughs> has been dead for many many years i'm starting to Com- think that this was like like some uh 
I don't know, like some kid just got a dog and they moved out of their like their parents' home or like their grandparents. They lived with their. I'm okay. I'm just a complete shot in the dark. I'm gonna say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna say some kid got a dog when they moved out to, um, you know, leave for college or maybe when they're staying at a friend's house or something. And they're worried about the dingleberries, and then they asked their parent. Their parents or their grandparent was like, "I'll write you an email now. How do you do these things again?" And they like got a template together, and then they accidentally made it public when they were trying to email it to somebody. I'll write about Huckleberry Finn for your book report while we're at it. Little two birds with one dingleberry. Uh, where'd we leave off here? Um. Oh yeah. What color are dingleberries? It's a dark greenish brown color. So like poop. Smooth Whoa. and semi-solid in consistency. <laughs> where where does the name Dingleberry come from? Scottish annals <laughs> reveal that the Dingleberry surname came from a place in Scotland named with Viking elements. The name was no doubt taken on when they lived at the Royal Burg of Dingwall in Rossshire, Scotland. Totally a real place. The place oh. name is derived from the old English word dingle or dingus, which meant <laughs> valley or hollow. What is an inept person? <laughs> Je- someone who needs ex- help uh, defining a dingleberry. It's like this. It's like it's almost like now that the more I read into this, that they're like insulting the person that made them write this. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> uh, generally incompetent. Okay, yeah. What is an inept person? One, generally incompetent. Bungling <laughs> inept leadership. Two, lacking in fitness or aptitude. Unfit and inept at sports. Three, not suitable to the time, place, or occasion. Inappropriate, often to an absurd degree. An inept metaphor. What? Four, lacking sense or reason. Foolish. What can I use instead of toilet paper? <laughs> this is crazy. This is so crazy. Because, like, even if you did this just as, like, a troll, like, how would you even, like, I don't like, how would you even come up with this? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just, like, the going back and forth between, like, a history lesson, but it always comes back to the dingleberry, and, like, an agricultural <laughs> lesson, the botany lesson, a definitions lesson on what makes you stupid and inept, and then we're right back to alternatives to toilet paper. Baby wipes. <laughs> bidet. Sanitary pad. Napkins and tissue. Reusable cloth. Towels and washcloths. Sponges. Safety and disposal. What? Safety and disposal is... Safety and disposal. Is, should not be one of the bullet points of what you can use instead of toilet paper. I think safety and disposal is what you need to do after you wipe the butt with any of those. Yes, yeah. Yes, they fucked that one up. <laughs> what if you don't wipe after pee? You see, when you don't clean yourself down there after peeing, the urine droplets stuck in your pubes get tra- <laughs> transferred to... Why are you peeing in your pubes if you have a hose <laughs> attached to you? I mean, I understand if you don't, but... This gives rise to foul odor. Moreover, it gives birth to bacteria in your underwear, increasing the risk of urinary tract infections, UTI, in parentheses. Wow. Yep. 
And there's a bunch of related articles. Why is dingleberry an insult? Is dingleberry an insult? Why is it called a dingleberry? Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, did Pokemon Rejuvenation come out? Or when did it come out? When? <laughs> Ooh, oh, I my like goodness. This. Ooh, I like this question. Do you see number 26 down here? Yeah. Oh. By, by the what meaning? The, by the what meaning? <laughs> <laughs> uh, by well, the W-A meaning <laughs> Oh, they meant just That's... to add a Y, I guess Oh, yeah, that by might be it Yeah <laughs> Wow, that was a treat I think that's a better That's as good of a place we can wrap it as any I think so, yeah uh, Well, thank you everyone in the chat And thank you again to Servito Thank you, Servito for producing, and I'll give you that producership on the douchebags one because I think that's what you wanted it for. The next douchebag championship, Woo. and uh, that'll be July thirty first. Hell yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Woo. Battle with douchebags is a lot of fun. If Lavish is in here, he can tell me what his other guy was. I don't know if he's still in here. I don't know. There's some guy know. that he did a movie. Hmm. He did a movie. I keep thinking Michael Richards, but I know it's not Michael Richards because that's Kramer. It's oh, yeah, that, that is Kramer. sound like that. It's like some. It's like two first names. Oh, Ryan, oh, Johnson, Ryan Johnson and Robert De Niro. Oh, okay. Ryan Johnson. What did he, he directed? Uh, did he do Knives Out or was it Forks Out? Forks Out was the dinner movie. Knives Out was the murder mystery. Oh. No, I think Forks Out is made up. But thank you, Carolyn. Everybody can. Check out Hog Story every Monday night for sure, and sometimes Thursdays and sometimes Sundays after No Agenda. Is that the current tentative schedule? Yeah. Yeah, definitely we'll be back on Monday, 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern, um, hogstory.stream. Uh, we we do it live. Uh, we also do it live on uh, No Agenda. Um, the next time we'll be on after No Agenda will be August 7th. Whoa. So, yeah, yeah. It's gonna be fun. I yes. love another another five minute limit. Those are always great. It will be a five minute limit. That's right. Fletcher and I will will take your calls live and live. Be... This is a new live son of a bitch. That's right. And we'll be uh, we'll be back uh, on Monday for episode uh, 306 of Hog Story. Unbelievable. It's exciting. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you so much, Chris. I, I always have such a great time with you. I had a great time. Y'all uh, take it easy. God bless America. And uh, watch your dingleberries. That's right. I love you. You're Thank eating you. something real bad. Love you too. Bye. <laughs> the, 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 Bye. The, the, the... This is an uppercase D. Write it in the air like this. is a lowercase d. Write it in the air like this. This is a lowercase d. Write it in the air like this. Get ready, get set. Let's learn about the alphabet. Letter D is a consonant. And it has a sound. Letter D 
is a consonant and it has a sound. I say the D sound D, 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 D. Now you say the D sound D, 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 D. At the beginning of these words, listen for the D sound D. Cunt. She was saying the ranch, the ranch that the kids ranch. get sent to is terrible. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, though. Yeah, right? good. That's, Fuck. that's what's funny about it. Fuck everyone on Dr. The Phil. Ranch. I hope they all do get raped. But like, what? What? who fucking cares? Oh, my. You're never <laughs> going to believe this. Dr. Phil sent all his guests to a fucking uh, uh, ranch that raped people. Oh, wow. I, I hope I hope they uh, I hope they did it twice. I hope they raped him coming and going. What? Is this from her video? No, this is just sad music while you talk about oh, how yeah. rape is good. I've, everybody yeah. forgot how annoying these people are. Like, if they walk off the Jerry Springer stage and go directly into a blender, that's the best That's the best case scenario. These people are fucking monsters. The reason, does anybody remember the show Cops? Do you remember the people, those, the people featured on that show were guests of the show Cops. That's what that show was. Oh, hey, we're the police department. Today our guest is a bunch of fat shirtless drunks. Oh, God. They sent him to a rape farm? How fucking horrible. Oh. God forbid. God forbid these people suffer when all they are is a plague of suffering and idiocy on the rest of us. No, I'm, I'm done. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Terrific the, job. The piano music did make that a little better. Uh, yeah. It did. <laughs> a six pack. A B S N A six, the number P A C K dot com. <laughs> oh, God. Well, dummies, you just wasted another amount of your non precious time listening to abs in a six pack. When are you going to stop? You know, there's very few of you. If you, if this is like a hands-on-a-hard-body thing of trying to figure out who will be the last person to actually listen to this show, it's a lose-lose proposition. By the way, he asked me to do this. The head moron who makes the show. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> huh? The secret is, I think he's the biggest moron of all. It would indicate... That you're a bigger moron for listening to his show. However, I think somehow that's not true. He actually is a bigger moron than the rest of you. Anyway, go outside. Read a book. Ride a bike. Take a walk. Go walk a dog. Go kiss somebody. Whatever there is, I can think of one million things to do better than listen to this dumb, crummy show. Abs in a six-pack. Well, I bet for most of you, you're half right. <laughs> this is Master Shake. Do something with your lives. Let me just show you some fun stuff I found on Twitter. What prompted you to, to tweet that? I was going to tweet this, too. Maybe I should.